0: Hi. Saturday <laughs> night. Feeling kind of frisky. It's a Saturday night hoedown. Some of you people understand that. Some of you people will not. But it's Saturday night. It's a uh, good time for uh Four Guys Roundtable
1: Show. What do you say, fellas?
2: Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Who am look
1: I, at how, how am I here. Look at how amused Darth Pat is.
3: <laughs> Darth Pat spent uh, the last. Several days in a fair amount of physical pain. So, yeah, that's
0: what yeah, that happens does. when you don't hire the proper female misogynist. <laughs> <laughs>
2: did
3: you say? Did, did you say female misogynist?
4: I, I
1: think did. he meant to say masseuse. <laughs> yes, I think that is what he meant to say, but oh well. No, it,
0: it wasn't masseuse, like massage. I would say. Therapist? You <laughs> <laughs> the way it came out. You got a shitty massage from the wrong females you hired. That's pretty much what happened. Uh... You would have called
3: this guy <laughs> when it got you the hookup. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, uh, that's, yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's, I mean, that's,
4: that's, that's not, you know, but, you know. I think, I think uh, even, uh I think even a uh, good old AJ knows somebody from our past that uh, does massage that could have hooked him up. She had red hair. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Who I was told, you better not date her.
2: <laughs> oh, and oh, then wow. it
4: turned, and then it turned into. Uh, yeah, I did. (laughs) And then it was done. And then it was over. (laughs) Real quick.
1: Points for trying. Yeah, points for trying.
4: (laughs) You
0: know, shit happens. Yeah, it does.
4: So, speaking of shit... Try things out and, you know... Speaking of shit, here we we go. Speaking of shit, um, my son, who is four years old now, um... Yeah, he uh yeah, for. Cool. <laughs> he,
1: Has he inherited your ability to blow up the
4: bathroom? He inherited my ability to stink a room up with a fart. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he blasted one yesterday and I said, I looked at him and said, "Lucas, did you poop?" <laughs> and you like Did you
2: fart?
1: Like,
4: it, <laughs> it literally smelled like a, a turd i was like she's a whiz man like and then he's trying to run into my run at me i'm like get away from me with your stinky butt and like like you know kids do they well I, I shouldn't say that i don't do that to my wife sometimes run after her but you know
1: it's <laughs> that uh, i don't know if that's what he wanted to inherit from his dad <laughs> i
0: don't
4: know it, it's well, just
0: he is at the world now anyway. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Like, he's farted before, don't get me wrong. He's farted plenty of times, but this is, like, the first time that it actually stank. I was like, you know, little kids have farts all the time. But I was like, damn, that actually, that stinks. So I don't know what the heck that was, but...
1: Pat, I read that I read that book, the main event book. I read the whole book. We so, promised
3: you a great men event. Yes.
1: It's a decent book. I don't know if I learned a ton of stuff that I didn't already know, but... It's I mean, there's definitely a part in it where he's talking about Vince saying Vince always thinks everything's good shit and most of the rest of us don't.
3: Uh, <laughs> who's that? Well that's who's uh anyway.
1: His name's that's Bill shit. Hanstock, I think. Hanstock? Who the hell is what? Bill Hanstock?
0: <laughs> Hanstock?
3: Well, I mean that
2: <laughs>
3: that that explains the old adage uh that you, you hear quite a bit about oh, it's always booked for an audience of one and all that other stuff, you know? So, like, either nobody can override Vince or nobody can talk Vince out of, uh, you know, doing stupid stuff or nobody tries to talk Vince out of doing stupid stuff. You know, who the hell knows? Did this guy work
0: for WWE or something? I or No, he did not. He just interview a shitload of ex-wrestlers and... People that worked under him, or like, where's he getting this info from?
1: I I don't know, but it was all pretty accurate. So I didn't, I didn't read the acknowledgement section at the end, so I didn't really pay attention to that. It was very up to date, though. Like he must have finished writing this book in like the summer, because he was talking about coronavirus and WrestleMania not happening, and Mm. AEW and all kind. Like it was very up to date. Like you know, literally was probably finished in the summer.
2: Interesting. Yeah.
1: It was good. It was it was a good read. I, I just I don't think I learned a whole a whole lot of stuff that I didn't already know.
4: Yeah, that's unfortunate. So, are you guys getting ready for Christmas? Is everybody getting ready for Christmas? It is very close to Christmas. We're like, I'm done.
3: I'm weeks. still two weeks uh, away.
4: Fourteen days.
3: I'm still trying to get all my decorations up because you know, I just come home from work and i don't have much energy to do much of anything so um i hear you and also because you know i was waiting to for my parents to get their step up first my parents have been slower moving as they do their own shit so here's that and um eh, you know i i've had a harder time getting to the christmas spirit this year i think that's just more lockdown related shit and just coronavirus everything. Mm-hmm. And you know, like I um Thursday night I had to go to the mall.
2: Ew. And sorry. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Yeah, it was to get something that we get uh for, you know, my dad every year. Uh so I knew exactly where I was going, I knew exactly where it would be and everything like that. But it's just like, yeah, it's it's you know, Thursday, December tenth, you know, so you're talking like, you know, two weeks before Christmas. And it was the least busy I'd ever seen a mall, you know, in like mm-hmm. Christmas season. So it was depressing in a way, um, you know, just to say, like, oh, this mall's supposed to be so much busier and every other thing. So um, and uh, like today I went and got Applebee's curbside uh, for dinner. And, you know, we just uh, re-implemented, well, we, the governor of our fair state, Commonwealth rather, you know, reinstituted you know, uh, lockdowns and everything. So no, no more indoor dining for the next three weeks. And I kind of forgot about that as I was driving up, and then as I turned at the parking lot and seeing like nobody there, it's like, <laughs> oh, oh yeah, that's right, we can't do indoor dining again. So it's. You should see our malls down here. There's people yeah. over the place.
2: Okay.
1: Yeah, it's, here too.
3: It's it's weird. It's. Um, going to be a Christmas sun like any other, basically. So,
4: I have no comment. <laughs> from I'm going to be bullshit. sitting at <laughs> home. I'm going to be sitting
1: at home that day, probably.
3: Oh, uh, I'll I'll be at home too. My sister and brother in law will come over, and we're going yeah, to my other sister's.
1: The my mom, day. my mom's going to cancel it. It's coming, so she she's so paranoid. The other day, I got a phone call saying you need to go get tested. I'm like, uh, I saw Zach before any of this happened. She's like, I still think you should go get tested. I'm like, stop.
3: Well so, when was the last when was the last time you saw him?
1: I saw him on Thanksgiving and he came into contact with this person on Black Friday and Saturday.
3: Okay, so you haven't seen him since Thanksgiving? Correct. You're fine. Yeah. Yeah.
4: No, you're not even the contact your, a contact of mo- a contact of a contact. My mom's really, par- like, <laughs> my mom's paranoid.
3: So. Okay, but that's that is being overly paranoid because even though they just like kinda of like reduced the guidelines for like quarantining if the you were ten. exposed and everything it's like, you're, you're past 14 days now, too. So it's like, you're fine.
1: Yeah.
4: It's just... It's one of those things. But, yeah, today, I spent... Well, I should say our my family spent the entire day getting ready for Christmas. Like, we got up, we went out and got our tree, and then we got home, decorated outside, went and ran out for lights because my lights are starting to go because I haven't bought lights since I've been married to my wife, so... Um, we haven't had ball lights for ten years, so they're starting to break and shit like that. Yeah, we got lucky, I and mean, we just got lucky with lights. I don't know, but uh, and the funny thing is, is, no place had fucking lights. Like just those regular strings of fucking green lights, you know, the the green corded lights. Nobody fucking had them, so we ended up going to Walmart, where I don't want to go. I didn't want to go to Walmart. <laughs> oh. And had to stand outside because now they're doing the 50% occupancy, you know, to comply oh, with.
2: they are.
3: Interesting.
4: Yeah, the one in Whitehall is. So it's like, okay, you guys can go in now. And then you wait, and the next group of people, oh, you guys can go in? <laughs> it's like, oh my god, are you fucking kidding me? I was like, I literally was like, this must be what Black Friday shopping's like. You're waiting outside for the store to fucking open. I was like, this is stupid. But
3: it's kind of nice. Just, yeah. Then, then you're just <laughs> waiting in a line, you know, for endless hours, depending upon when you decide to go there and when the store is opening and every other damn thing. So, but it was. Uh, interesting. I mean, I, I haven't had to do Black Friday retail for so long now, but it's like I do remember the years I did, and they were, you know, they fun. So.
4: Well, my wife said she hasn't waited in a black in a Black Friday line for years because they Black Friday starts so damn early now. It starts on Thursdays um but it's yeah, just I, remember,
3: I really can't remember the last time i went out for black Friday. Yeah.
4: but it was just interesting like th- that is the now that they because everything's got to be cleaned so often now walmart is the cleanest walmart in whitehall that i've ever seen like it is so clean in there there isn't a fucking speck of dirt on the floor i was I like wonder, holy wonder, shit wonder, it's clean
0: it's I wonder, awesome how long it took them to clean it i mean all the trash that goes in and out of that place <laughs> oh my
4: God!
3: Uh, I, uh, I, know, I I I was I, uh,
4: very surprised. I, I, don't,
3: but, I, I don't know what you're saying. I I uh.
4: So yeah, that was my day, and I'm and it was a really good day because you know what? I I was I'm like kind of like Darth Pat. I wasn't really feeling Christmas. I know it's coming, and I know I got to do my Christmas shopping. Got to get everything done. But today put me back into the Christmas spirit because seeing my kids' face, like my son, he's like, oh, "The tree's up. There's lights on the tree." You know, and putting the Christmas decorations up, like getting the tree, all that stuff just really put me into Christmas spirit. So I'm like, this was a great day. Now I'm ready. But now I got to go shopping next week for my wife because I have I work Monday and then I'm off the rest of the week until I start my new position. So I was like, yeah, I got to do shopping next
1: week. <laughs> the, the, the the store manager at my store gave Ellis, us all ornaments and says, fuck 2020. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's sweet, I like
2: it. Nice. <laughs> that's good.
3: That's, I mean that's that's, that's good shit. <laughs> I mean, uh that that pretty much uh, I think sums up most everybody. I mean like trust yeah. me, some of some of my uh, work passwords right now uh involve the phrase fuck twenty twenty to a certain extent, you know, or in some <laughs> way, you know, with like additional characters to meet all the password requirements and shit like that. But it's like that's the kind of ornament that I'm pretty sure like you know, the uh, like the government should just be like sending to everybody, uh, you know, because I think it's a sentiment that everybody agrees with no matter what your denomination or, you know, what you worship is. And so it's like it's like even if you don't celebrate Christmas, you would like take that ornament and proudly display it somewhere.
2: <laughs> yeah. You know,
3: it's, yeah. It's, it's also kind of like how I'm how I'm hoping someday that the government sends us all like T-shirts that say something to the effect of like, you know, I survived the 2020 pandemic and all I got was this lousy T-shirt.
1: yeah here's i'm not trying to open up this can of worms uh, too deep but here we go how about all the all the star wars stuff that disney threw at us the other day and the marvel stuff well well, here's what i'll say about that (laughs)
3: there was so much yeah there was literally so much that was announced i'm honestly not sure if i caught every single thing they announced (laughs)
4: And I, I no didn't even pay attention, so I had no idea what the hell happened.
3: <laughs> Which, well, well, the easiest way to say it, Jeremy, is this. Over the next four years, I don't know, it looks like, there is going to be a shit ton of Star Wars and Marvel stuff that will hit Disney Plus and movie theaters or whatever. Um,
1: we got the first official we'll announcement for the next movie, Jeremy.
3: Yeah, so it's like if you like if you like Star Wars and Marvel and and Pixar because there was a lot of Pixar related stuff too. Uh, it sounds like you know you won't be disappointed really. There's <laughs> there there will be a ton of content that will eventually find yeah. its way to the airwaves. Well, we I got... knew they
4: were doing all kinds of sh- TV shows f- that were based in the yeah. Marvel universe, like Hawkeye and somebody. Um, well, Wanda, the, 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 WandaVision. You know, Wandavision, Wandavision,
3: WandaVision. one supposed to debut early next year though. The uh, uh,
2: Winter yeah,
3: really Soldier. Really it. Thank you. I it, I was blanking again. The, the, the Winter, soldier. Winter Soldier one I think is supposed to be out sometime yeah. next year. Now we also know that they they confirmed the Hawkeye series. Uh, they also confirmed the, the She Hulk right series. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, there's I think there's,
2: there's
3: there's, there's going to be a there's going to be a ton of stuff. I mean, in Star Wars like they announced. They announced a the Lando series. They announced an Ahsoka series. They announced a uh, like like uh, Sith. something
1: Sith, d- some Sith thing to, or Dark yeah. Side thing.
3: They announced the Rangers of the New Republic series. They announced the uh, the Obi Wan limited series, which I do want to make a quick comment about, real quick. Um, and then they announced that uh, Patty Jenkins, who directed the uh, the Wonder Woman movies, Rogue is going Squadron. to direct a Rogue Squadron movie that will be out. I think they said in twenty twenty three
0: the other thing now, too was from the animated series the bad company
3: or the bad batch they the bad batch for. yeah yeah oh yeah. nice yeah, cool bad. um so the uh, the the thing with the rogue squadron movies, they didn't really specify timeline like if it was like during the original trilogy after the original trilogy blah 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 because i'm interested to see of course if depending upon what it is you know in the old canon, the Legends canon now, as they call it, I guess, you know, when I think of the term Rogue Squadron, the first person that pops into my mind is Wedge. Is Wedge, yep. Well, you know, Dennis Lawson's a little older now, and, you know, of course, he made that very brief cameo in Rise of Skywalker, but, you know, they'd have to obviously get somebody younger if it was going to be set between, well, if it was going to be set anytime, you know, prior to the sequel trilogy. So,
2: we'll,
0: did you see the Patty Jenkins trailer for it? Yeah. It
3: was, was kind of to- cool the way they did it.
0: I have to go back and look, because I, I kind of feel like this X-Wing that's in the background that she's walking to, I have to, like, zoom in to kind of see, because I wonder if that's going to give us a hint, because of the color scheme of this, the X-Wings are usually different in different eras.
3: I, yeah, I was watching it on a small screen, so I didn't really take notice of that. So. I have to go back and look. The other thing do you- is they're,
0: they're making a show or a movie or anime, I don't remember which one it is, about the high guard. So like before,
3: yeah. Before I think I saw some, something old. I think I saw something like old Republic. Yes, guess, yes,
0: so,
3: yeah. I mean yeah, that'll be interesting. That'll, that'll be interesting again. Yeah, that'll just that'll just be interesting to go there. I mean, like, will they? Like, I of course, anytime you are going to say anything about old Republic, you know. We just, want
1: Revan, right?
2: <laughs>
3: just always makes me wonder if they're going to go anywhere with anything from the Knights of the Old Republic.
2: yeah,
3: yeah because like they're not canon now, so. Yeah, but I I, 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 I of course say they they were so far in the past. There's no reason they can't be.
1: But you know, what were you gonna say about the Obi Wan, Pat?
3: Okay, so Hayden Christensen yes. back as Darth Vader, yes. which is like I'm that's stoked. cool, but
1: doesn't, bad, it,
3: bad doesn't <laughs> it totally ruin the confrontation in Episode Four now?
1: It depends.
3: I mean, the dialogue in that scene is literally. You know, we meet again. The circle is (laughs) now complete. When I left you, I was but the learner. Now I am the master, which almost implies that they have not seen each other. Okay, well,
1: maybe.
3: since Obi Wan sliced his limbs off, so I'm just curious to see how they do that. That's all I'm saying. Because you almost you almost think like if you're bringing that character into the series, there has to be a confrontation. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see.
0: They said there was going to be a battle between the two of them. Yeah. So so. looking forward to it.
1: Did you guys did did some not everybody watch Mando yet? I did not watch the new okay. Mandalorian. I'm
3: I'm before. caught up. I, I haven't watched it with my dad yet because he had to go to the he had a procedure in the hospital on Friday, which unfortunately oh. was not. What'd successful.
1: you what'd you say, Joe? I watched
0: it. I
3: liked it. I liked I liked the the uh, the very end of it for sure. Yeah. I'll I'll say that. <laughs> <much>. that <laughs> I think that yeah. that was the kind of like the red like red. yeah it was kind of like a like a fist pump scene you know. Yeah.
4: <laughs> so I think it's time to get this thing yeah. that we call a podcast started I think it's about that time yeah well, bring forward the rhythm the podcast, and the rhyme
0: we've already been doing the
3: podcast
0: part you know
3: <laughs> I mean <laughs> we, we, do, we do the pod yeah yeah we do the podcast but at the same time it's like We're doing the podcast?
4: (laughs) Well, the official start of the podcast, with our official topic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. How about that? Does that sound better for you fuckers? Um...
3: No. No? I mean, we're just, you know, nitpicking for nitpicking's sake.
4: All right. So, Theo, what in the hell are we talking about tonight?
3: Uh, Stuff. Wrestling.
0: (laughs) bad things that happen in wrestling
4: bad things that happen in
0: wrestling (laughs) like can I poke you in with my fingers somewhere no you cannot poke me with your fingers somewhere can can I trip over something as I'm trying to break through a wall and fall over can I start a fire with a piece of silver paper and it just not work, <laughs> and I almost burned myself.
4: Can I birth a hand? <sighs> so all these things sound very f- fantastic. So we're talking about some of the most ridiculous, stupid, moronic moments in really wrestling history. <laughs> yes, <sir. laughs> nice. So this is, if anything, for all you viewers out there, or listeners out there, this should bring you a ton of laughs. Um, because you can go back and check all these things on YouTube. They're all there on YouTube. If you have the WWE network, you can find any of the WWE, WCW, uh, pretty much anything that WWE owns, uh, if you want to check it out there too, but we're going to talk about all these goofy ass fucking things that happened and just how moronic and how dumb some of these things really were. And I think we should start off with probably the number one dumbest thing that ever happened (laughs) in wrestling history, which would be the greatest thing of all time the shock (laughs) master because that has got to be like the number one dumb moment of all it is
2: it
1: it is right there like at the top of the list so good old
4: darth pat i know you have something to say so we'll let you get it off your chest because as our resident wrestling historian please give us a little tidbit of this whole build up
3: The year was 1993. <laughs> I was but 12 years old.
0: I was just a little little
3: back then. In, um,
1: of course, you were, Joe.
3: <laughs> let's see, in just starting seventh grade, I think. That sounds about right. Anyway, um, they were gearing up. Uh, WCW was for their Fall Brawl pay-per-view. Uh, I don't remember if this was the first year Fall Brawl was a pay per view. It had been used as a Clash of the Champions um, name. It feels like it had been it was the first Fall Brawl pay per view. But anyway, the noteworthy thing about that pay per view is this is kind of where they started um, the tradition of doing the War Games match at this event. Like prior, they had done it at the Great American Bash and for a couple of years at Wrestle War. Uh, like for example, the uh, the War Games match from nineteen ninety two. Which is at WrestleWar War '92 was Sting Squadron against the Dangerous Alliance, which is a which is a great match. It's a five star mm-hmm. match. If you ever if you ever have the opportunity to to watch that, I I would definitely recommend it. It's also kind of interesting to see WCW when Flair wasn't there. So anyway, Fall Brawl '93. Um, so they're gearing up to do uh, a new War Games match, and the big feud that had been kind of going on uh, for a lot that summer was. The superpowers, as they were called, and the masters of the power bomb. The superpowers <laughs> that the, sounds the, awesome the, already. <laughs> the the super yeah. the superpowers were Sting and Davy Boy Smith, not the British Bulldog. Davey Boy Smith. I don't believe they could refer to him as the British Bulldog. I don't think he owned the trademark at that
4: point. I'm so, sure he did not.
3: <laughs> yeah. So this yeah. this was like, of course, he was in WCW because he had been fired by WWF uh, towards the end of 1992 for, for a,
4: Being an alcoholic?
3: <laughs> no, a drug test. Oh,
4: uh, drug he, test. Yeah.
3: yeah. Supposing like, he and Warrior had been fired at the same time. Uh, in late 90s.
4: Failing drug for, tests.
3: For failing drug tests, right. <laughs> Warrior I think insisted that he and Davy Boy were scapegoated, but that's Warrior
1: saying that so I'm p- pretty sure I'm pretty sure Davy Boy, after re- reading about him going to Brat Hart in Wembley, I'm fucked. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. what he said to him like two minutes into the match, I'm fucked <laughs> <laughs> I don't I, don't,
3: I don't remember it we he's gone to the match, right you're gonna have to walk me through it. <laughs> Well, yeah. I mean, and if
4: Warrior the... ever tries to say that he didn't do steroids or something, um, he's full <laughs> of fucking shit.
3: Well, Warrior can't say anything. Well, anymore. I know he can't out, physically
4: yeah. say anything. But he, he, all... past, but, he, he, past,
3: he also, but... um, he, he also admitted that he did steroids. So, yeah. I mean, he, he did admit it, but, um, and, and the funny thing is Matt's, uh, or AJ's, uh, Davey boy impression there was pretty good because yeah, it was, <laughs> I was impressed. Well, well, the the, best, the, the, yeah, the, uh, the funniest Davy, the funniest Davey Boy impression I've ever heard is Bruce Pritchard, um, and you know he, he said like there was there was a common one where uh, when they tried to blame Davy Boy for like backstage pranks and stuff, he had kind of a go-to uh, defense which was, "Oh, wasn't even that? It was Owen." <laughs> um, but also, you know, Pritchard was right there at the gorilla position at the screw job. And Owen and Davy Boy were right there, like, ready to do their planned run-in, which, of course, never happened because of the way the match ended. But they were, like, watching it. And it's like, you know, Pritchard said that as, uh, like, as soon as the bell started ringing, Davy Boy just went, Owen, they fucked him. <laughs> they fucked Brett. <laughs>
4: so. All right. So who was the, suit, anyway, a, uh, power the bomb? super
3: bomb? The superpowers were Sting and Davey Boy Smith. The masters of the power bomb were Big Van Vader and the rule, master and ruler of the world himself. Sid Vicious,
1: <laughs> 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 the king of the great promo. <laughs> yes,
3: yes, yes, My yes, God. yes. So they started this big thing, and they and they were going to do a war games match. And I think this was the first time that they did it as four on four instead of five on five. Though I could be wrong on that. Now that I say that, I think the one maybe with where Sid almost killed Pillman was only four on four. Um, so Vader and um, Sid got Harlem Heat. To be their partners. Harlem Heat were still relatively new, and they were being called Cole and Kane at the time, which I never understood why that was, but eh. uh, St- Sting Sting, and Davy Boy got Dustin Rhodes, and they needed a, uh, a fourth person. So they did this big segment on Ric Flair's "A Flair for the Gold" talk show segment on WCW Saturday Night, because where I think
1: was, with Fifi, <sighs> yeah,
3: because because uh, Flair when he first came back, he he was still under a, a non compete for wrestling, so they gave him an interview segment until he could start wrestling again, mm-hmm. uh, which they continued for a little while. Uh, so they were going to do this big thing. Sting and Davey Boy are being confronted by Vader and Sid on the segment. And Sting is all like, you know, we're going to introduce you to our partner. And like, you know, like and he says something like, he is going to shock the world because it's the Shockmaster. And then like the camera cuts over to the wall and there's this like explosion kind of thing. And then all of a sudden you see this guy come literally falling through the wall. <laughs> Was... I hate to describe it, but you cannot say that he was breaking through the wall. You can only describe it as he was falling through the wall. It was awesome. <laughs> now, for those so of you who haven't, for those of you who haven't seen it, picture somebody who just trips over their own feet or trips over something that they didn't know was there, like you know, like an uneven piece of pavement or something like that and then just they they just go tumbling face first basically that's what happened except he's also falling through a breakaway wall now the poor bastard who was subjugated to this as the shock master was fred Ottman, who was better known to most people as tugboat and typhoon from WWF. wwf his wwf run had ended earlier in 93 and so wcw brought him in to be this guy now, that in and of itself, that in and of itself, you would think, why? No offense to Fred Ottman, he was not somebody who was regarded as a great worker. He was not somebody who was regarded, I think, even as being a main event level talent. He had been, he had been in a tag team, and while that tag team had held the WWF tag team titles, yeah, he wasn't like
1: somebody- anything special. He wasn't anything special.
3: And he certainly wasn't some kind of game-changing thing,
1: you know. For and, sure.
3: But, but that's only half the problem.
4: Here's my favorite part of this. So <laughs> I might spo- I might spoil problem- it here.
3: <laughs> yeah, the other half of this problem is his outfit. And it was Jeremy, so- do you want to kind of <laughs> describe his outfit for people?
4: There's one Dude. part that I remember about it, and this you, you'll have to enlighten him on the rest because this is the only part that sticks out in my that's mind. That's the only part the, you
1: need to remember, Jeremy. It's the awesome.
4: Silver, sparkly, glittery stormtrooper helmet that he had on was fucking awesome. (laughs) I, I, you didn't even—he didn't even have to trip through the wall. Like if he would have just just coming out with that helmet on was fucking awesome because they painted over the eyes and everything, so he couldn't even fucking see out the damn thing. (laughs) It's awesome.
3: They they literally took a a Star Wars stormtrooper helmet, covered (laughs) it in glitter so that it would be unrecognizable. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and according to all accounts left eye holes that were maybe maybe that big
2: around
4: so <laughs> the size of two pin holes
3: <laughs> yeah yeah that's basically what it was
0: that was lame creativity as far as them coming up with an outfit and a gimmick for him
4: Oh, absolutely. Lazy,
0: lame, and just pathetic.
2: Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Now, the other, yeah, so it's like, it, it, I mean, like, it, there, there, there was no costume. I, like, I can't really describe the costume. Other than that, he was wearing, like, what looked like cargo pants, and he was wearing this, like, huge, like, vest kind of, like, vest jacket. I he had a blue t-shirt on
4: something like that, too. Uh, he,
3: he didn't have a shirt on. Oh, no um, shirt? Sure. <laughs> Not at that point. Like when, they, when they tried to salvage it afterwards, I think he was kind of looking, <laughs> he was kind of looking yeah. like a construction worker, but that's, <laughs> that's, that's something else entirely. That's something else entirely. I'm not um, a sexy one either. You yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, one of the reasons why poor Fred Ottman uh, was probably subjected to this, if you will, is that he I'm was, curious. I believe, in some way, shape, or form related to Dusty Rhodes. Um, like, I think he was, he was, uh, um, okay, yeah, he was Dusty Rhodes's brother-in-law, meaning that he was therefore also an uncle to Dustin and Cody Rhodes.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay.
3: So that's probably one of the reasons why he got put in this match, to be honest, because yeah. Dusty, I'm pretty sure Dusty was booking again at WCW at the time. Dustin obviously was there. So, anything. Could they you guys
4: could you imagine what dusty was probably saying in the the back and i can't do it like you do darth pat but he's probably like this would be this would be fantastic we'll do we'll put you in a glittery helmet let let, let me let let me
3: tell you something baby we've come up we come up with this great idea for you. We're going to put you in a helmet. We're going to have you come breaking through a wall. And just like Jim Cornette said, if somebody comes out of a box, they're over. Well, guess what? I'm doing a variation on that. It's called if somebody comes breaking through a wall, they get over. <laughs>
1: Even if their mask falls off on the way out.
3: Yes, that's what we were building, too. You think that we were done with how horrible this was, but we weren't because some genius in craft services, creative services, whatever the fuck you want to call it for WCW. Was, a, I guess, was I get was, <laughs> was,
4: was I guess
3: was making Was I guess worried that the breakaway wall was too breakaway? <laughs> um, that like the little explosion thing they done it did might have like broke through it before Fred Ottman could break through it. So they apparently took like a two by four and like nailed it to the bottom so to, to like hold it in place. Nobody bothered to tell Fred
1: Ottman. <laughs> they got their karma for booking a terrible idea. Karma bit them in the ass on this yeah. one. So nobody, Absolutely. nobody,
3: nobody bothered to tell Fred Ottman that there was this two by four that was on the bottom
1: because that they stole from Hacksaw Jim Duggan.
3: Because he, he's, basic, he's basically expecting. To just, like, you know, to just, like, walk through it, you know, head to toe. (laughs) So, this poor idiot... Head to shit, more like it. ...trips over the fucking 2 by 4 which, of course, did not break away. And in the process of him tripping and falling on his face... The fucking helmet comes off. And everybody knows who it is.
1: <laughs> I mean, everybody knows who it is if you actually knew who that was. Some people are probably like, who the fuck is that?
3: <laughs> if you watched WWF, you would have got, been able to catch enough of right. his face to be like, oh, that's Typhoon. Dusty told the story before he passed away where Cody was watching at home with some friends and turned to them and said, and I'll do the Dusty voice because he was talking the way he was, he was telling the story of what Cody saw. I think that was Uncle Fred. <laughs> so and Cody you know, knew Cody knew right away who it was and everything. And to try to 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 really just like put the icing on the cake even though we've already got about four layers of icing on this son of bitch. You can hear everybody else who's on the set basically losing their minds in one way or another. You can hear Flair making some kind of comment. You can hear Sid going, Oh my God, perhaps forgetting that. I don't remember if WCW Saturday Night was live. I don't think it was. But Sid is like pretty much saying, <laughs> he, Sid is basically doing the equivalent of the Holy shit, we're fucked. <laughs> and you can hear Davey Boy oh, going, man. Davey Boy's going, He fell. He fell right on his ass. <laughs> <laughs> so. poor, poor Fred as quickly as he can gathers the helmet puts it back on stands back up and tries going through the rest of the thing which involved Ollie Anderson who was also either booking or was like you know one of the just mm-hmm. like the top backstage people at the time <laughs> with this like pre-recorded like voiceover where he's doing like the he was re, he was doing the voice he did for the Black Scorpion voiceovers a few years ago where he was like oh, you want a yeah. mean you are a piece of me I'll see you at Fall Brawl. <laughs> and leaving aside everything else, leaving aside the Fall, which ruined it from the start, why did they do this voiceover? It wasn't like he was going to be able to wrestle in the helmet.
4: <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, Maybe, who knows?
3: <laughs> he was going to have to take the thing off. He wasn't gonna be able to do that voice that Oli did at that time. So oh my god, what the fuck were they thinking?
4: Well, evidently they weren't. And we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna cut that one off there because I think we've talked way enough about
1: that. Pat, you can segue this into another WCW on another terrible character.
4: I was about to segue that into another (laughs) because we actually have two other horrible characters for WCW. And we're not trying to pick up WCW, but let me tell you, they had a pretty good run of some pretty fucking terrible characters. The Yeti! Such a, such a well, yes, the Yeti. <laughs> but, Gleasher, which looked like Sub-Zero from Mortal Kombat, which, yeah, that was terrible. Up. And then, of course, RoboCop. <fuck>? This RoboCop doing in
3: wrestling, like in that cage door open. <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, y- y- yeah, yeah. Um, I- I've never really watched that particular show. It was in, It was May nineteen ninety for WCW. It was called It was a one off, as it turned out, pay per view called Capital Combat: yeah. Return of RoboCop. It was <laughs> WCW. It was. It was WCW. <laughs> It was WCW doing cross-promotion in the sense that I believe it was RoboCop 2 was coming out. Yeah. So it was a way to try to cross-promote that movie and try to get some buzz for the pay-per-view, I guess. This was also when Sting's um, uh, feud with the Four Horsemen was in full swing because he had been kicked out of the Horsemen uh, a couple months prior. Yeah. yeah, this was also the one of those ideas where it was just like why just, just why <laughs> yeah. why did you why did you do this um,
1: that might be enough Pat we may not have yeah, to go into yeah. too much more detail about that I don't one. think we need this, to
3: yeah well <laughs> here's the funny thing nothing about that Here, here's the funny thing I, I want to just kind of give you really quickly what the card for that pay-per-view was okay
2: okay okay
3: Norman the Lunatic, who would later be Bastion Booger, and the Road Warriors against Bam Bam, Bigelow, Cactus Jack, and Kevin Sullivan. Mean Mark against Johnny Ace.
1: The Heart Punch.
3: And yes, we all know who Mean Mark was, correct?
4: Of course, The Undertaker.
3: Yes, very good. Uh, The Samoan SWAT team, which was not really the Head Shrinkers. It was Fatu, Rikishi. And the Samoan Savage, who had been uh, the Tonga Kid and Tama in WWF.
4: I love the way you just said that. You said Fatu instead. I like. I always thought it was pronounced Fatu, and I love did the I fact say fatu? you say. Uh,
2: yes, you did. <laughs> like, I my apologies.
4: That's mean. Just because he's
3: you a big guy doesn't he mean he's Fatu. fatu.
1: <laughs> he was Fatu. <laughs>
3: well, anyway, so the, the Samoan SWAT team, the Samoan SWAT team against uh, Mike Rotunda and Tommy Rich. You know, who are, both, who are both pretty good workers, you know, Microton, of course, IRS. Uh, a hair versus hair match between Paul Ellering and Teddy Long, which only took two minutes.
2: Yeah. Teddy Long didn't even Horrible. have much hair
3: left at that point. Uh, the Midnight Express beat Brian Pillman and Tom Zank for the United States tag team titles. Uh, there was a corporal punishment match between the Rock and Roll Express and the Freebirds, which at that point was Michael Hayes and Jimmy Garvin. Uh, Doom won the tag team titles, the the world tag team titles from the Steiner brothers. And Lex Luger beat Ric Flair by DQ in a cage match for the NWA championship. That's a pretty solid card. Yeah, not too bad. But the only thing anybody remembers this pay-per-view for is the Robocop (laughs) shit. And the, the the funny thing, too, also, again, is that, yeah, he basically walked down to ringside and, like, scared away the horseman from doing a beatdown of Sting, who was still injured at the time and couldn't wrestle anyway. And a lot of people have always remarked about how Ole Anderson was one of the toughest guys in the wrestling business, in, like, re- reality and everything. Mm-hmm. And there's Ole Anderson running away from Robocop.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: and, and just to put the icing on the cake for this one, too... It wasn't even freaking Peter Weller, the actor who played RoboCop yeah. in the RoboCop costume. I think He's because a, he was smart enough man. to say, I, I think he was smart enough to say, yeah, I'm not fucking doing that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm just done who did it. Yeah.
3: yeah. Um, so, um, again, it was just, it, 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 at one point, you can you can understand, oh, let's try to do some like cross-promotion, you know, but it's like, the only kind of cross-promotion where that's going to get any kind of benefit is the movie. If we're from, like, people who are watching the pay-per-view, who might think, go say, oh, I want yeah. to go see the movie. There's nobody who's going to go see that movie who's going to be like, I have to order the pay-per-view because Robocop.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this would be like Chucky coming out from underneath the ring during, like, a cane match or some <laughs> shit. cross <laughs> promote. Have Kane in the mask for somebody, and Chucky comes up and grabs. Well, the they
1: they around. could have had Hornswoggle dress up like Chucky. <laughs> so, well, um, just just
3: just, 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 just 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 to kind of digress real quickly, but I mean, they did do that segment between Chucky and Rick Steiner years later.
4: Oh my god,
0: they did, but not that was a little different. But I mean, yeah,
3: Chucky was Chucky was just, was just on Chucky was just on the screen and everything. Yeah, yeah he wasn't actually was in the ring.
1: Weird. Thank, uh, but what that, else that are we going to so, talk about, Jeremy? So uh, no. I, I just yeah. Well, uh, boy.
4: since you mentioned Hornswoggle, um, we're going to talk about one of your favorite things in wrestling of all time, AJ, and that's little people in wrestling. Specifically, when it has to do because you love to see them get their ass kicked. I do. I think is, it's pretty terrible, pretty awful, but it's pretty funny too. When
1: the Miz, <laughs> when the Miz shot him with the t-shirt gun, that might be one of the greatest things I've ever seen on TV.
4: <laughs> but. More specifically, when wrestling decides to dress little people up, oh man, or midgets, whatever—I I don't know what the techni- you know, what the politically correct term is. Uh, um, I think I think people.
3: these days, little people is using midget. Yeah. I think is the one where it's oh. like you don't you don't want to use that. Okay.
4: Well, if know. we did, if I offended anybody by accidentally saying midget, I apologize. But when they dress little people up to imitate the pro wrestlers, and one of the ones that sticks out in my mind is. When Edge and Christian, (laughs) the Hardy Boys had the Hardy Boys in 3D, or who was the Dudley Boys at that time? Come had the the little people come out and imitate them with the the mini ladders. With the mini ladders, exactly. That shit was funny. I mean, there was they did it well. That's why it was funny. But there are so many other times that we could you know, pick out. And I'm sure each one of you guys have your moment where it was really stupid. Like just dumb. Like it didn't like, this doesn't do anything for wrestling.
1: So if somebody has got one, go ahead, throw it out. Feel the, free to the Hardy boys. That's the one I remember the most mm-hmm. for sure. <laughs>
3: um, I actually forgot about that. The ones that I always remember <laughs> are when DX did it to Bret Hart after the screw job. Okay. <laughs> Uh, and oh, I, remember yeah. Hard- I remember Brett, I remember Brett Hart saying that that was one of the other things that kind of, you know, cemented everything he needed to know about what happened that night. Cause you know, like he says that Michael swore to him, of course, that he had nothing to do with it, which you can hear on camera from wrestling with shadows, but also that Michael said like, you know, I'm not going to make funny after you leave. And then like a week after he's gone there, Triple H and Shawn Michaels are bringing out this. You know, a little person with like a Bret Hart mask and sunglasses on, doing with like a probably. I'm assuming it was also a wig, and you're just doing the whole like you know like thing that Bret always used to do.
1: I mean, I thought that one was funny too, so I'm not gonna lie. So the
3: um, the other one I can remember. I don't remember who the perpetrator was, if you will, but Booker T was the person who was being <laughs> depicted as the little person. I don't remember if that was again Triple H during their feud around WrestleMania 19. I don't think mm-hmm. it would have been when he was feuding with Austin because like a face doesn't do that. Like a face doesn't bring out a little person yeah. meant to be, you know, the person they're feuding with and everything. So I'm thinking it probably had to be Triple H doing it to him. I, I just don't remember for sure. My issue with it is that it, it, to me, it's it's slightly offensive in the sense that. You know, because of the fact that you're like you're you're making fun of you know somebody who's not a little person by depicting them as a little person, it's it's saying one thing, and then when you're also bringing a little person out to represent that person to, to to represent the other person, um, it it's you almost make making a comment and saying like oh he's not to be taken seriously then. So I I find it kind of silly, you know bad like that. The other issue I really have with it is that I never found it funny to begin with, but that. They keep, they keep doing it. Like, they keep bringing it back every so often. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, they're sitting back there, and they're saying, Hey, we need so-and-so to get heat on their rival right now. What do we want to do? Well, why don't we bring out the little people? It'll be <laughs> such good shit. <laughs> it was great the last time. We, remember that time we did it with the Hardys and the Dudleys? <laughs>
2: Yeah, I I'm mean, sure. I, I, I will we're freely admit the Hardys gone. and
3: the Duddies one did have some entertainment value to it because of the latter. But that was only because of the latter part of it. But uh, anyway, you can just you, I can true. just hear Vince being at these meetings saying like, you know, oh, we got to do it because we got. Yeah, it, it was great every ever time we've ever done it. So, yeah,
1: this is why Pat likes Marco Stunt so much.
3: <laughs> <What>? <laughs> hey, it's not. <laughs> That I feel like Marco stunts a little person. It's more along the lines that I feel like Marco stunts a little too much, like Chris Von Eric, where he's just way too small to be in a wrestling ring, no matter how hard he tries or how determined he is. He looks like that if he takes a move the wrong way, he literally will break in half.
1: And he they've die. they've lawn darted him once or twice, which was fine. So yeah, lawn so. darted him. Chris. <laughs>
3: <laughs> now, now to be fair, ever since Hornswoggle became a uh, uh, like a regular character, and obviously he's not with the company now, uh, I really don't feel like they did a lot of those segments, or none that I can remember, at least. And I, I mean, know he that,
1: wasn't he the wasn't he the anonymous GM?
3: Yeah, they they revealed him to be the anonymous GM, which a lot of people felt was a letdown. But when has WWE ever not let you down in the long term storyline?
2: Um, <laughs>
3: but I remember. I know a lot of people said that the match he had with uh, El Torito at the TLC pay-per-view, the one that they called the WeLC. I know a lot of people said that that was actually a fairly entertaining match. I've never watched it. I've never watched it, It um, but maybe that got them off of just, you know, doing little people segments like that. So one can only hope because, again, it's it's just something that I don't think – if you need to resort to something like that to get heat, then something's wrong. There's
1: probably better. There's probably better – avenues I just because I don't because I didn't like Hornswoggle the Miz with the t-shirt gun I just enjoyed every because I didn't like Hornswoggle and Miz shot him that gun was like not far from him so Hornswoggle moved (laughs) it was the t-shirt too Yeah. So yeah, it, little people. They have
4: they have their place.
1: Um, They've went away from it. That was definitely yeah, more attitude era. I feel like the attitude era. There were definitely times where they they were doing that yeah. all the time. They definitely yes. went away from that for the most part.
4: Yeah, there was a bit. Yeah, I have to agree with you with the attitude era. It was like anytime they wanted to be just. Stupid about making fun of somebody that the the, you know, the heel was rivaling, uh, having a rivalry with, they would bring in the little people and I mean, and can do you that.
1: can you imagine if at like WrestleMania 34, King Kong Bundy squashed Little Beaver, the outcry? <laughs> oh
2: yeah, uh,
3: there, there would be one.
2: Would be one. <laughs> I know. <laughs>
3: but yeah, it's like that's that's a case of point. In 1987, WrestleMania three, you could get away with that.
4: <laughs> so. Let's move on to something else, and we'll we'll go to a a wonderful WWE gimmick, which was really fucking bad. And that would be (laughs) during (laughs) Survivor Series. Yes! Uh, Very early Survivor Series. I don't remember which one. One of you guys will have to enlighten me with. But for anybody who doesn't watch WWE and doesn't really maybe watch wrestling, Survivor Series always takes place around Thanksgiving. And, you know, that's their Thanksgiving pay-per-view. And the one year they decided to have this giant egg
1: just <laughs> sitting there and for there a couple this... of weeks. For a couple yes. of weeks. For a couple of weeks, it was on the, the weekly show. Just yes. this egg. Just this egg. And
4: it's just sitting there. And they're like, what the hell is with this egg? And everybody's like, what's with the egg? What's going to happen? And then at Summer, uh, sorry, at Survivor Series, it happens. The fucking egg hatches. And out jumps... This chicken looking thing that they called the gobbledygooker. Which which was absolutely terrible. And they reha they didn't reha well, they did rehash it at the most recent Survivor series where they had the gooker win the twenty four
1: seven title. Which was once again It was it was bad. Horrible. It was bad even as a kid. I'm like, yeah, what is this it. shit?
4: <laughs> oh yeah, because that, that was what like, Survivor Series. What? Somebody refresh my memory.
1: Well, I feel like 90. Is that the one where? Is that the one there where they did the ultimate match at the end? Yes. Yeah. yes. But
3: yeah. it's the one that's also, of course, known as as the debut of the Undertaker. The Undertaker. <laughs> um, I re- I was nine years old when when that happened. You know, a couple months shy of ten, and. When they first put this egg out there, I on it might have been the first moment where I openly was questioning why I watched wrestling. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> nine years old, be, because <laughs> I was saying I, I just kept why saying why I watch this stuff. Mm. <laughs> well, here's the thing: I wasn't like say smart for the business as as they as you as you would say now or whatever. Right. <laughs> but even so, I was like, what do they kind of hatch out of an egg? What's going to come out of this egg that's going to be cool? You know, so. I'm trying to source Rex. <laughs> when, when, when I read then, because this was not when I got, like, every pay-per-view and stuff. When I read or saw that it was, like, this giant turkey, you know, your turkey outfit, you know, guy. Um, I just went, well, that was stupid. Um, yeah, poor Hector Guerrero, for those who don't know. is Hector Guerrero, the older brother of Eddie Guerrero, who was a pretty yep. talented wrestler. Mm-hmm. Who was the guy that was in the goddamn outfit? And you got to give him credit because I remember when he and Mean Gene then went to the ring. He did kind of like a, like a backflip into the ring, which wearing that costume, I can't imagine was necessarily the easiest thing in the world. And you I know. also did think it was funny that they used him on the Survivor Series this year because, yeah, you know, they were doing the whole thirty years of the Undertaker, Undertaker retiring and everything. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, why not bring out the other thing that was thirty years from that Survivor Series? <laughs>
1: That, um, that that yeah. ruined, like, to me, that was not a, that was an okay Survivor series, and I think that was a, a blemish on that Survivor series that yeah, it, kind of it, ruined it a little bit. It definitely was, because, it. yeah,
3: there, there was a lot of significant stuff to that Survivor series, like you said. I mean, you had the, you had the debut of The Undertaker. You had the one and only time that they did the ultimate match of survival, which, frankly, I thought was a cool concept, and I wish they had done it again. But you
2: had
1: a you had a team you had a team completely survive.
3: Yeah, it was the first time a team completely survived, where Rick Martel's team completely survived. Um, It was the last WWF pay per view for the Honky Tonk Man, just you know, kind of, and also for. Well, he had been a pretty significant character for, for yes. several years. It was also the it was also the last uh, WWF pay per view appearance of um, Axe, of demolition. So,
1: and uh, that was arguably, you know, where that team, the Warriors, was at that, and that's one of the better Survivor Series teams too. Yeah. Was that?
3: Yeah, the, uh, the Ultimate Warrior, Texas Tornado, the Modern Day Warrior, and the Legion of Doom, the Road Warriors. So, um, yeah, it just everything, everything about it was stupid, and it's like when they went to the ring and did this little like dancing thing between him and me and Gene, you can just see everybody in the audience just like visibly annoyed.
1: Like I'm going <laughs> yeah, to the bathroom now.
3: <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I, I don't remember exactly like where on the card it fell. like
1: between Later, remember, later. It was, it it was, was later. later.
3: Thing, yeah. So that's the other thing too, then like they're building it up throughout part of the pay-per-view too. And only for it to only for the whole segment to look, to figuratively lay an egg. Um, uh, <laughs> Yeah, you but I mean, you, you know there had you know that there, there had to be there had to be somebody in the stands that night going. You know, Randy Savage isn't wrestling on this show, but I'm watching this. Right.
1: Yes, even even back yeah. then, Vince was like, "This is some good shit."
3: I yeah, I
4: <laughs> I just wonder who pitched him the idea of the golly booker and the fucking egg. I, you know what's a good idea, Vince? Let's put an egg on the show, really? and. Say that this thing's gonna hatch at What's Survivor that? Series.
0: <laughs> what city was that? Was that that specific one in?
3: I want to say Detroit, but I don't know for sure. So let me look that up real quick. While I'm looking that up, or um, Boston, there was. I guess there were rumors. Uh, oh no, was that that was actually done in Hartford?
1: Oh, that that dump. I've been to that place.
3: Yeah. So, <laughs> um, I I think that. I think there were rumors that like uh, Ric Flair was possibly going to come out of the egg. Uh, I don't really know why. I I don't know if it was again that he was having like a uh, if that's when he was having one of his uh, contract dispute issues with WCW around that time and they thought maybe they could bring him in because they thought they were going to bring him in for the Mm -hmm. first SummerSlam in 88. You know, he was there, of course, within the, you know, Mm -hmm. within a year, but um, and the other funny thing too about it is, uh, I don't know if you've heard any of, uh, saw or, saw or heard any of Undertaker's, uh, sit down sessions with, with Steve Austin on the Broken Skull sessions,
2: mm-hmm. but he
3: was talking about he, when he was getting the call and saying that he was going to debut at Survivor Series. And then he heard about the egg thing, like in Undertaker's own words, he said he was getting worried that they were going to bring him in as Eggman.
2: So, (laughs)
3: uh, you know, fortunately for him, that didn't happen because, you know, if Undertaker had been Eggman, none of us would talk about him today. So, um, again, it was just it was just a total like what the fuck were they thinking slash if you didn't know where this was going or you didn't have some big deal planned for it, why the hell did you even ever do it in the first goddamn
2: place?
1: Yeah. yeah what else we got jeremy well before we
4: got one last thing that we want to talk that i want to touch on as far as like some of the dumb stuff that has happened <laughs> in wrestling um but before i do i just want to say thank you to everybody for watching we really do appreciate it please stay tuned to the end of the show so you do not miss tonight's mount rushmore so the one other one that I want to touch on, uh, and if anybody wants to throw any quick ones out there, feel free to throw one out there. But this one kind of pisses me off, and that's why I think it's stupid, is Stephanie McMahon yes. taking credit yes. for the women's revolution in that wrestling. Pisses,
1: that pisses me off more than anything else on this list. Like, um, that is just absolutely
4: fucking ridiculous. Now, I, I'll, maybe I can give her credit for pushing it. For her, you know, and telling her father, this is a good thing, like pushing but, it maybe behind the scenes, but, but she's to not doing it anything. TV, yeah, yeah, boy, she's not doing this.
3: anything. <laughs> like, I'm right. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, it's like she might have the title of head of creative or whatever the hell it is. Which it's like, you know, how exactly did she have that job in the first place again? What was it she went to college for? You know,
2: I, I, don't, no th- I don't, I don't,
3: I don't think it was creative writing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, you I'm know, not. but. It was the way that there's an analogy I could draw between her and somebody else, which I'm not going to do because it's a subject I just don't want to broach. We don't talk about it on this show. But I remember that something that was going on around the same time period was, you know, they, they did the whole thing with the authority, mm-hmm. and you know, the whole the, the Daniel Bryan storyline. You know, the, the yes. Europe B+ e+ plus player and everything. During that storyline, Triple H was pretty much the biggest heel in the company on Raw and SmackDown and everything. And at the same time, though, on NXT, which, granted, at the time, was only on, you know, the Internet. It wasn't on USA and everything. But he's showing up in NXT at the same time to take these, like, you know, congratulatory, you know, appreciative, you know, applause rounds of applause from the audience and everything because everybody loves NXT mm-hmm. for, for this, that, and the other thing. And it's like, dude, you can't fucking do that. You cannot try to play face on one show and then be the biggest heel on the other show. You know, even if that one show was only on the internet. So, Stephanie to me me, coming out taking that stuff, because, again, I don't remember if it was the exact same time as the Daniel Bryan stuff, but it was close enough in the sense that, here she is, she's pretty much always been a heel character whenever she's been on TV, going back to when, going Mm -hmm. back to 1999 or whatever the hell it was. She's generally always been a heel character. And here she is trying to Um, be like, yeah, be this big face and say, Hey, I'm, uh, doing this great thing. And I'm bringing in all these women wrestlers who you guys have watched in NXT and who everybody thinks is great. And, you know, you're going to have to, uh, just, you know, adore me for this. (laughs) So, uh, and, and, and then, and then part of that too, is when she came down to do announcing for the first women's Royal Rumble match. It was like Renee Young should have been announcing that match not you.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: You're not you're, you're 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 not a fucking announcer.
1: Just 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 to to go back to that Triple H thing real quick. The thing about that though is the NXT crowd is not a WWE crowd, so it doesn't matter what Triple H did. That was a bunch of like marks and they were going to cheer Triple H no matter what. He, I would have been cheering him at right. that point because he did NXT and it didn't matter what he did to the NXT crowd. They were not going to boo him. So. Well, right,
3: but so, well, there's an easy solution to that, then, is you don't
1: come out to the crowd. <laughs> you
3: don't appear on camera. You want, mm. you want to do that stuff, you do that stuff when it's not being taped.
1: But when you were at, like, an NXT show, like, when I went to house shows, if Triple H showed up there, you felt special. Like, you felt cool, because we're like, oh, Triple H is here at our little podunk house show. So he did that at times, I think, to, like, make it special. And like I said, when I was at the house show in Cleveland and he showed up and I'm like, oh shit, Triple H is here. So I, I get it. I get it.
0: I think if he was gonna do that at NXT he needed to take himself off T V.
3: Yeah. And you can't be you can't be aspect. You can't be doing it For two different while. ways I'll on two different shows. Go back. Yeah. That would have been fine if he's only appearing on one show at a time, but now when you doing you can't do both at the same time. All right. So Theo
4: <laughs> you have been quite quiet through our Dismantling of stupid things. Um, do you have any stupid thing that you would like to add? I'm mean, just
0: going, you know, just enjoying the time here. <laughs> uh, you know, they want to want to help me get birth to a hand. We can. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, we could we, we could do that. I mean, oh my God.
1: Uh, or we could have her show her boobies.
0: I mean, yeah. <laughs> or you know, we can have was it Young? just. Like French Kiss, the living shit on a Mark Henry on <laughs> TV, and just God, how, so gross. Yeah, That's
1: I mean, no I feel she bad probably Mark Henry.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sexual Chocolate. Um, it, it's the hand thing. Just like yes, so lame, dumb, not thought <laughs> out, and one of the most over dramatic fucking hype <laughs> scenes I've ever seen WWE ever do. And are giving birth to a
3: hand. The sorry,
4: <sighs> <laughs> right, Darth Pat, you don't have to say a word. You can just you can just leave that alone. <laughs> no, there, there
3: there is one thing I need to add on to that. Um, <laughs> one of the worst parts of that was fabulous Mulu's role in it. Uh-huh. Um, I Holy the only God. reason the only reason I remember this is because. On one of the Conrad Thompson podcasts that I listened to, I don't remember if it was Bruce Pritchards or if it was one of the other guys. They were do, they did sometime in the last year or so, they did either a review or a, or, or, or a watch along of that episode of Raw. Mm-hmm. And at a couple points in the podcast, they were uh, like playing like the audio of the show. And Moolah is there just, like, screeching, like, the whole time. May, you
2: gotta have the
3: baby! May, you gotta <laughs> have the baby! I can't do a Moolah voice, what she sounded like. <laughs> but she just, like, was, like, screaming it, like, over and over again.
4: Well, the fact that there was any possibility that May Young at, at, <laughs>
2: could at have a at child
4: age could have a child was just overly
3: ridiculous. Well, and at. it's like and it's like they, they did that because there was some stupid ass thing where it's like where she's like going into labor where and she's like like smoking a cigar or some shit. <laughs> the EMT so like the EMT asked like when she like last menstruated or something and she was like oh 1965 or something like that. Just like, First of all, you, you became Baron kind of early.
2: <laughs> I,
3: wasn't, I wasn't that old in the sixties. Um, and uh, at that point, I think he just kind of knew that it was just idiot, it, 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 pure idiocy. And and the funny thing is, I don't even think you can blame Russo for that because I think Russo was gone by that point. Yeah, he was.
4: Oh, we yeah. can blame Russo for anything if we'd like.
3: <laughs> oh, yes, yes, you can. We, but we can just
4: still blame him, yeah. I, 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 I,
3: I kind of doubt he had planted any seeds for that storyline before he bolted to WCW, so... They could have.
0: They could just twisted the shit out of it and made it what it was.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah, but it's like... I'm Russo. Yeah, yeah, I... It's like I don't see who that would have benefited in
1: any way. <laughs> yeah,
4: nobody didn't benefit the WWE crowd, that's for sure. <laughs> that was terrible. That was hard to watch. Like,
1: hard like, watch. like Pat said, anything that involved May Young, other than the Dudley's putting her through a table, anything else that involved May Young was just not not going in the right direction. I
0: yeah,
3: totally She agreed to take that spot too. I know that's <laughs> nuts. Well,
1: she was crazy.
3: I, yeah, I, I also was. hate to I also hate to say it. I'm just guessing that they paid her pretty well. So I mean, there had to be some kind of a financial motive for it and
1: everything. So and Baba Baba definitely uh, was very very safe. You could tell yeah. he was definitely making sure the other person was when he was doing it because he did it to a couple of women. He was definitely making sure to protect them for sure. All right. Yeah,
3: so AJ. I, I, I don't think I don't think Bubba would ever make, sure, especially a woman as old as May Young. I especially don't think he would have done anything that would have taken any risks. No.
4: AJ, do you have any moments uh, that you would like to share? Any stupid moments?
1: <laughs> Katie Vick.
4: <laughs> now you'll have to refresh my memory because I'm not sure what you mean by Katie Vick just by saying her name.
1: Oh, just uh, a sec. Just
4: a sec. I'm having a flashback. Triple H way- was
1: humping a corpse in a in a uh, casket. <laughs> 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 oh, I mean, it, was, it was Dude. amusing. It was amusing in a bad way. Yeah. Fair
2: it enough. was
1: another one of those things where you're like, whose idea was this again? And it it it, it, it was amusing. <laughs> I, I laughed, and I laughed, Pat, so. This is a you laughed at necrophilia? At I, I laughed at it. I chuckled. Oh, boy. Where well, is this just a,
0: a Saturday Night Live professional wrestling show. <laughs> what are we doing here? <laughs> Which way are we going with this, folks?
1: <laughs> thanks. Thanks, Joe.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, this is like, you just, seriously, just think about all this shit we just talked about, it's like, is this a wrestling show, wrestling entertainment, or like we just try to do some like fake shit from like Saturday Night Live and fucking comedy movies and spoof movies and stoated professional wrestling? Let's see what the fans think about it. Yeah, yeah.
1: All right. Darth I can, I can, I can tell happens. you one. I can tell you one that's more wrestling related that personally, this one is still one for me. And this happened in the last five years. All so, right. and this one will. This is more wrestling related. The night Goldberg beat Kevin Owens like was awful to me and just ruined everything for me with wrestling because I'm like, wow, that you just ended the best six months of wrestling that we've had in the last five years in 10 seconds. That's basically what they did. And whether you like Goldberg, whether you like Owens or you like Jericho or not, it's not even just me. It's not my friends who are Owens Marks. The general consensus is that six months when Owens and Jericho were together was gold. It was lightning in a bottle, the best I've seen it in the last six or seven years. And mm. they ruined it with an older guy. If Goldberg was in his prime, I still would have not liked it, but I could see it happening. Mm. To ruin, to do it with the way they did it, they just they ruined. They robbed everybody of what was great. For that six or seven months in wrestling. Because when they when they put the belt on Owens, they didn't know what they were getting. When they put Jericho and Owens together, that was on a whim. So and then and then, you know, gold like everything good that could happen happened in that six months. So right. for me personally, they they and I know why they did it. They were catering to the to the stupid people and stuff. That's the way I see it. But it just that one hurt me. That one hurt a lot and like a lot of people like really were enjoying what was going on in wrestling at that point and they yeah. just ruined it in 10 seconds.
4: <laughs> yeah. And there's been a lot of times that WWE per- particularly has brought back older wrestlers for no period. And they used to do it all the time in the Royal Rumble. Like, they bring back legends for the Royal Rumble. And it's like, what the fuck the purpose of this? Because you know they're not going to win. Who cares? I don't need to no. see Hacksaw,
1: yeah. jumping, Hacksaw Jim it, Duggan it, it, get in the ring happen. go, oh, 16 times, and they get kicked out of the ring. That's you know? like, that's the one time where I'm not totally against it, just because usually they are only in there for a couple of minutes. It's when they bring them back and put them in actual programs with people, yeah. and they're, they're taking – Spots from people and programs. If you want to put hacks on Jim Duggan for three minutes in the Royal Rumble, or if you want to bring a bushwhacker down or something, like <laughs> for three minutes, that's fine because they're not going to win, and I don't think anybody thinks they're going to win. So, yeah, I mean,
3: there's there's fundamentally no difference between, you know, legend uh, X appearing in the Royal Rumble versus the current, versus versus current mid card wrestler number three. <laughs> And <laughs> by number thirty, I don't mean the thirtieth I mean the Rumble. I mean like the guy who's like thirtieth thirtieth on the thirtieth thirtieth most important wrestler. Yeah.
4: Yeah. No, I get it. Yeah. And I personally would just rather see people that are currently in wrestling than people that I, I know have no absolute I, chance
1: i do think that, now i don't I do get think the nostalgia n- from it because of because of nxt i think it's better when they put five guys from nxt in there rather than some legend so that this is a circumstance now where i think i'd rather see nxt guys than legends so
3: it, it also does feel like they've slowed up on that um a, a, a little bit in the sense of- they have well, like for example, like the, the one that a few years ago was for the title, like when Roman had to enter at number one and like triple H won the match, which is, which kind of says something, but there weren't, there weren't any legends in that particular rumble. It was basically all guys who were on the active roster, you know, to even like triple H is like, you could say he's still active to an extent and everything. Mm-hmm. So like they did, sorry. Um. They they do they are, I think, becoming a little bit more aware of that. Like, well, you know, it's too important to really have legends in there constantly all the time. And, you know, some of the legends that they're bringing back are also starting now to get to the point where they're just too old to get into the ring anyway. So, Correct. well, I mean, like a lot of these guys are in their 60s now or like their late 50s. It's like now let's say like if Jericho's tenure with AEW were to end. And he were to make a surprise appearance in a Royal Rumble match, it's yeah. like as, as, as like a legend. That would be okay on one level, and it would also not be okay on another level because Jericho's starting to look a little too close to me these days. He's, he <laughs> um, is he is starting but, to lose a step. But
2: um,
3: yeah, but but again, it's, like, it's just like you know, so it's getting to the point now where like guys who say we're in their prime from like say two thousand to two thousand five are like the legends who could come back now who you could say, oh, well, he could conceivably do something. I mean, that's almost kind of like what it was with Edge this past year or so. Or like if Kurt Angler were to make an appearance again. It's like,
4: mm. you know. All right. So let's move on. And let's talk about some good things that have happened in wrestling. Some good moments in wrestling. Um, I can't particularly say mine because mine is probably going to be on Mount Rushmore. Well. But... I want to kick it to Theo. What's a, what's, what's a really good moment that you can think of that happened in wrestling? <laughs> <laughs> They're far and few between, I see.
2: <laughs> well,
0: since you went to me first.
3: Oh, that was Joe the problem. He was... wasn't expecting you to go to him first.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I can probably throw some out there if Joe wants to think about it. Um, because
0: uh, There's exciting things There's a lot of wrestlers that I like
2: mm-hmm.
0: But I don't know Give it to AJ He, All he right. probably has like 15 on his mind right now
4: <laughs> <laughs> Alright
1: AJ Hit us up with some good moments that have happened in wrestling For me when when I was a kid, the first time I was really really happy was when the Ultimate Warrior beat Hulk Hogan. <laughs> so, because I actually liked the Ultimate Warrior, like I wanted to not root for Hogan. Like I wanted to not root for him. I was waiting for the opportunity to not have to cheer for him so I could not be like everybody else. Imagine that. So, so I was happy. I was happy when the Ultimate Warrior won even though I did I think especially as I got older look back and say, okay, he wasn't great in the ring. <laughs> but no. I liked his character. As a kid, I definitely liked his character. <laughs> so that would that would be one. The night Brock Lesnar beat the Undertaker streak is definitely on that list for me for sure. I was very happy because everybody knows I don't really like the Undertaker and I was tired of him every year at WrestleMania. And I actually like Brock Lesnar. So, and that's,
4: and that's one of those moments. Now, a lot of people will probably think that's a bad moment for wrestling, just because of the, you know, the historical portion. But if you think about it on the flip side, not whether you like Brock Lesnar, like Undertaker or not, that is a historically good moment because. It wasn't that the Undertaker, because the Undertaker had wanted to lose the streak before. He didn't want to actually carry the streak. He's talked about it. He like he wanted to have other people take it, but nobody would take it from him. Brock, like, Brock oh, was
1: the first. Brock's an asshole, so Brock's like, "Fuck yeah, I'll do this." <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> he had he had gone to other guys like Shawn Michaels was supposed to take the streak from him. But Shawn wouldn't do it because he respected <laughs> the Undertaker too much. And it's not that Brock Lesnar didn't respect the Undertaker, but he was really good friends with him. And he was like, yeah, OK, you right. want to do it, I'll, I'm, 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 I'll take it. I'll take the heat from that. Other wrestlers didn't want to take the heat from breaking the streak. Brock Lesnar was already was OK with it. So historically, if you think about it that way. That's a really momentous, really cool moment in the history of wrestling. Somebody breaking the streak of the Undertaker. Um, once you know the backstory to it, so it's pretty cool the fact that that actually happened and the, and who would have? It couldn't have been a. It was the right person to do it. If you think about it that way, too, it was the right person to do it.
1: The, the at Survivor Series '98, the, when the Rock won the belt for the first time and fooled everybody. And everybody thought he was going to be the people's champ, and then he turned into the corporate champ. That was a really fun night to watch wrestling because nobody saw that coming. And I liked The Rock already at that point, so it didn't matter what he did. I didn't care whether he was a good guy or a bad guy. And that was one of those nights where I remember being really happy after the pay-per-view was over and being like, wow, I think that WWE fucked with a lot of people tonight. And nobody yeah. really saw that Nobody really saw that coming. And it was it was kind of cool that The Rock won the belt at survivor series when he debuted at survivor series a couple years before that. So like, it was kind of everything kind of there's times for the rock where things have come full circle for him. That was one of those moments, I think. So that, that was one I remember being really, that was his first world title too. So like, it was a big deal for him to get it then. Um,
4: No, that was a really cool moment. I was actually rewatching that survivor series and I forgot that, that was also the time where they dressed Mankind up in a suit, and he's wrestling in a <laughs> fucking suit the whole entire time, which was kind of dumb, but it made sense in the in the whole gimmick. Like he was trying to be the corporate, you know, yes. champion, and you know, and and everything. So he's trying to play that part, and they, you know, they really mankind. did a good job. If you don't it, going back and watching it now, you know what happens. But at that time, not knowing, and you're like, oh my god, they're they're going to try and set it up. The mankind's going to keep the belt through the entire
1: thing when. When Shane, or, fl- when Shane flips the double bird at Foley when he's about to count three, that's classic stuff. So yeah.
3: Wait, did he do that to Foley or did he do that to Austin? I thought he did that to oh, Austin. Oh, he did it
1: to Austin. He I'm sorry.
3: Austin. Yeah. But,
1: yeah, there's
4: there were so many things that led up to you really thinking that Foley was going to win the
1: championship. And,
2: and I mean, The, the, the Rock A. did
1: – go ahead, Jared, The Rock did put probably the worst – Uh, sharpshooter sharpshooter I've ever seen. It's horrible. (laughs) His version of the sharpshooter is pretty awful. So... Rock, no more submission holds, Rock. Please stay away from. <laughs> keep doing the people's elbow. That's better than your terrible sharpshooter. So, but they wanted to make fun of the screw job because Vince, that's some good shit. <laughs> that was that. That was Vince at his best, saying this is some good shit. That night, we're gonna make fun of the screw job.
0: <laughs> it worked for us once. it for
2: us <laughs>
1: So
4: yeah, no, that was a really cool, really cool moment in, in history too in wrestling.
1: Um, um like keep going AJ, you seem to have a bunch of them. <laughs> I mean, some of them are more recent. So like Get the night, row. the night that the night that Kevin Owens won the title, nobody saw that coming that night. They they swerved everybody, and I I like those moments when when we don't know what's going to happen, even if it's not necessarily something I like. I just like when they think out of the box and they try to not go with what's predictable all the time. It's nice every once in a while to see not the person you think is going to win wins all the time. Cause it, more often than not in wrestling that happens, I'd say 75% of the time, the person you think is going to win usually wins the match. So that yeah. night it was big cast, Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, and Kevin Owens. If going into that night, Owens had the only person that Owens had a better chance of winning that match than was big Cass, Probably like looking at it from a wrestling perspective. Yeah. So what was that,
3: what, what was that group of guys again?
1: Big Cass, Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, and Kevin Owens. And Finn Balor One of got hurt. things is not like the other. <laughs> One of these things just doesn't belong. Finn, <laughs> Finn got hurt. Finn got hurt. Thank you, Seth Rollins. Finn got hurt and oh. had to give the title up. So, and nobody saw like nobody like when Vince came or when Triple H came out there's no way anybody thought he was going to help Kevin Owens win that match and i remember the pop that night the crowd was going ape shit when he turned and pedigreed Seth Rollins instead of Owens and like the look on Owens' face was like priceless and all these people like like me, who liked Kevin Owens, who liked him back when he was in ROH and stuff, mm-hmm. were popping, like, five-year-old kids that night because they actually tried to go against the grain and do something. And then we got Jericho and Kevin Owens. So if they don't do that, we don't get the Jericho-Owens dynamic for six months. So that was definitely the right call that night, 100%. And I am a mark for Kevin Owens, so I enjoyed it more than the average fan. But I think a lot of people that watch wrestling – enjoyed that that night because it was not what everybody thought was going to happen. They, they flipped the script a little bit and that just doesn't happen very often anymore. I, I know Pat doesn't like Brock, but when Brock came back in the money in the bank match two a year and a half ago, nobody, nobody saw that coming. That mm-hmm. was cool just because it was something that nobody really saw coming. So I, I definitely like when that stuff happens, even if it's not the people I want, I'm like, well, at least WWE, Tried to throw something in and, and make this not a little bit unexpected or whatever.
0: Trying to do the same old norm shit they usually do. Yeah. No, like,
4: absolutely. Um, I mean, any and you want to go super historical? My stuff. Go ahead, Joe. Oh. Go ahead, Joe. So,
0: it, this is challenging mm-hmm. for me because I'm only a mark for a certain group of people. I like a lot of wrestlers, but I'm only marks for a certain ones. So, like. Finn winning the title at WrestleMania was one of them. Hogan slamming Andre. Ricky B in Macho Man. Hogan turning heel. <laughs> um, Those are all good good, good choices, too. Uh, <clears throat> Punk winning the title and giving Vince McMahon the little kiss as he's, you know, leaving the arena. Those are just <laughs> some for me. Um, oh, Jericho, my other favorite is-, is Jericho winning both belts. When you became the undisputed,
1: <laughs> I beat The Rock and Stone Cold in the same night. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yes, uh, that is pretty, really, That is a really cool moment too. Jer- Jericho was always one of my favorites
0: in WCW, and he just uh, he has so many good moments. At WCW people just weren't really watching it at the time, and just kind of missed with him. But um, yeah, is yeah, that. That was one of my moments with him too. Uh, well,
4: those are, are the just great a moments of my, at WCW. Uh,
0: I, I don't, uh, I don't have a lot really, as far as like you know, doing stuff out of the norm is cool. Another one, I, 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 I like Charlotte, you know, beating Asuka, you know, being Asuka, undefeated streak,
2: mm-hmm. you know, for yeah. the
0: title that was good. I'm glad, you know, Charlotte beat. Actually, so, even though Oscar like is just. Um, that was a good thing too. It's just my, uh, like like AJ said when they change things up, it's cool to see that and not doing the same shit. But I'm only for me, it's like I, it's it's more enjoyable for some of the marks that I'm marked out for, not really for everything.
1: Well, I mean that's generally what mine is. Mine's Owens and The Rock, and it's like guys who I really really like. Generally, those are the moments right. I remember the most. I think my favorite WCW moment is when. Uh, Goldberg lost. That was probably my favorite WCW moment. So I love the cattle prod and everything. <laughs> I was so happy that he lost that night. I was so tired yeah. of him. That was obvious. That was going to happen. <laughs> yeah.
4: Well, And you talk, You said Jericho, and I went back, and you said WCW, and I went back to because I went and watched the List promo. Oh, like my that's God. That's a really good moment in WCW. Granted, it's only a promo, but it's a really good because he's just going on and on. Yeah. And <laughs>
3: Like the armbar, armbar. Oh, you mean the, uh, the, the thousand and the,
4: the yeah, thousand yes. yeah, that list.
3: <laughs> and and he For, like, <laughs> yeah, where he says like arm bar two or three times over and he says, <laughs> he, some, did... like, doc, he says some like Dr. Seuss term, which somebody yeah. has now like made into
1: an actual move. And it's oh, like, yeah. it was, it was like Jericho was like so good, even when he was, when, when he had Ralphus, he was fucking great. And everybody, he was just so creative even back then. And Goldberg was such a blockhead that he didn't even realize that what Jericho was doing was going to help Goldberg get over. He was such an idiot that he didn't even realize that Jericho's being an asshole, so I can beat him in five seconds or whatever. And like, he was like too stupid to even see that Jericho was actually trying to help Goldberg get over more. And he was too like dumb to like see that, that Jericho was like. Jericho definitely has his finger on the pulse of wrestling. He has for most of his career. He just knows what's going on. He really does. He, he has
4: when he made and another great moment with him and being pro and promos and stuff like that is when he broke out the list in WWE for the first time. He said, (laughs) you know what? You just made the list. And he's writing down the person's name. Like that shit was funny. Like that's a great moment. And that carried a really good, like, gimmick well, for Right, him that was in, that was part that of that
1: six. That was part of that six months with Kevin yeah. Owens. That was part of that great six months with Kevin Owens. That was when the there's, list came there's, out.
0: There's another uh, thing with Jericho. He, he does it during a pay per view, and there's a battle royal. It's a twenty man battle royal, and I can't remember the pay per view, but each wrestler is coming out, and he's on the stage, and he's announcing them <laughs> as they're coming out. And he's like, he's making fun of their outfits, he's making fun of their name, he's like, so-and-so for Kalamazoo, what the hell, Kalamazoo, He starts making fun of Kalamazoo, like, it's just some random stuff for every single wrestler that comes out, he's just making fun of them, and it's just, I lost the whole goddamn time, and then when they're on the battle, he's like, I think he still goes on for another minute or two while they're in the match, and he's still making fun of people, it's hilarious.
3: <laughs> they I, I, I feel like that had I feel like that had to be uh something that happened in WCW. Yes. Yeah, it it, it did. was. Yeah. It was a
0: he's, WCW pay per view. I they, can't remember which one it was. I watched it a couple months ago. I think it was a couple He's
1: months
2: got ago, like, such
1: you. a like such a like AEW advertises when he's going to be in the announce booth at this point. They like announce, like they announced for the next three weeks they're like this week it said chris jericho will be announcing so that's like a selling point to listen to him announce because he's so entertaining even doing that
4: yeah yeah and you talked about and talking about more recent moments is when roman reigns turned heel that is a great moment in wrestling that was a really smart thing to do that is you know him turning heel just was awesome and i know we talked about it before but Talking about great moments. That's a great moment in wrestling to have your number... I don't want to say number one, but biggest babyface probably. I don't want to say number one because there's probably somebody that was actually more of a a better babyface. But having him turn heel and coming out with Paul Heyman of all freaking people is just a brilliant, smart move in
1: wrestling. Just think, if they had... At some chance, done that with John Cena. Maybe it would have yeah. been entertaining if they had done it with him. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Oh, it yeah. would have been. They just didn't want to pull the trigger.
4: Well, he didn't want to do it either. That yeah. was partly him too. Like they, he had a big say in if he was going to be heel or not. And he, he himself did not want to turn heel. That's just you know, they to each their own. But you know, when you're losing crowd, I don't, I don't care what he says. When they tell you and see, there's a dumb. There, let's go with dumb here. Dumb not having seen it ever go heel again. Um, I got sick of hearing he's the most polarizing. No, he's actually fucking. People hate him. The only people that really like him right now, besides some of the people that just are like, I just really like John Cena yeah. like myself.
1: Are the kids uh, and the women?
4: The kids yep. and the women, like that. When that's your fan base, when that's completely your entire fan base, and that is a small portion of the overall fan base, because most of the fan base is probably is eighteen to thirty five. That's a huge yep. portion of the, the, the other, fan
1: base. The other problem <laughs> with the other problem with that though too is it got to the point where the dumb people that were at the shows were just like, oh, he's doing it, so I'm going to do it. It's cool to say Cena sucks. Like, how many people were actually doing it because they didn't like Cena, or they were just like, oh, I'm going to do it because that guy's doing it. That definitely yeah. happened. I, so, I
0: think the other problem, too, was, like, he knew he was such a baby face. And he didn't care about the 18 to 35-year-old men. He was fine with the females and the kids buying
1: Because that's the- who was buying his merchandise. Yeah. I think the other problem, too, is he was
0: like he is like one of the top five, top three Make-A-Wish people.
1: Well, he's number one,
0: I think. <laughs> and he's a, he's like number one wrestler that does it. So I don't think he wanted to go down that road because
1: and of ruin that. Do. I don't think he wanted to ruin yeah. that. And he's yeah. such a guy. John, Vince McMahon owns his name.
0: It That's it. Vince McMahon owns him. He, he yeah. if if he would, would like. And like, does movies like anything he puts John Cena on? McMahon's getting money off of it, yeah. So, rock's Rock's lucky, he's he was able to do what he did, yeah. So, Darth Pat,
3: any
4: memorable moments that stick out in your mind that were good?
3: Um, some have already been said, like uh, Hogan. Uh, body slamming Andre, even though, of course, as we now know, people had body slammed Andre prior <laughs> to that. This yep. it was still it was still the spectacle of the moment and everything that mm-hmm. that made that like really all the more incredible. Uh, I think uh, you know Hogan's heel turn was also mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, some other things that kind of stick out in my mind, and some of those, some of these, I don't really re- remember seeing. Like, I don't, I didn't necessarily see live, but when you watch them back now, especially with the hindsight of all these years, you kind of realize just how significant the moment was, um, you know, undertaker's debut survivor series was because there literally was this like hush that kind of fell upon the crowd and everybody was just kind of staring at him. Like, what the the hell is who the hell is this? You know, people, I think were legitimately frightened of him Mm -hmm. and it was starting to get to a point where that didn't really happen much anymore, even by that point. So I think that was, that was kind of cool. Um, this one's going to sound kind of funny, but when Hogan won the title at WrestleMania 9, uh, I was probably the happiest person ever because, you know, he had been gone for a year, basically, and he comes back and then, like, you know, he wins the title. I don't care that Brett got screwed out of the title in that, in that whole circumstance. <laughs> I was just convinced that Hogan was back and everything. Mm-hmm. And of course, that didn't last very long. So in hindsight, that moment sucks.
1: You but could when it you could actually you could actually put that on the opposite list for me too. So that well, would be a, sh- a shitty in, moment for me.
3: In, in, in retro in retrospect, it does go on the, the shitty mm. list moment in a lot of <laughs> ways. Yeah, the shitty moment list. But at the time, it was like, oh yeah, Hogan champion again. Yeah, this is great. This is awesome. Um, when Bret Hart won the title from Yokozuna at WrestleMania ten. Uh, I really felt like they did the right thing by making that into a big deal because they had like yeah. Luger and then the rest of the faces come out and like celebrate in the ring with him and everything. And I just thought it was really cool, like, especially the moment when Savage hit the ring and he gave Bret's like big hug and everything because there was Savage who was like like the last vestige of like the old guard of WWE at that point. Um, and that was his last WrestleMania appearance too. So I just thought that was really cool. And that pretty much was kind of like sending the message like, all right, Bret's the guy, you know? um so those those were fun moments uh the debut of nitro really in a lot of ways too because it was really unique the way that they did it from the mall of america the surprise of luger appearing uh just the knowledge and that there was like something else that was out there then and um that you know hey i can flip back and forth because yeah wwf was starting to go downhill at that point you know wasn't incredibly interesting in late 95 so so those are all pretty cool moments um yeah, the one the, the last one I'll mention before saving one for Mount Rushmore then, this is the moment that like, you know, can't be talked about anymore. But for me, the end of WrestleMania twenty was really cool because Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> this is my this is my choice though. So you just, you know, pipe it. Um, being somebody who felt like he was still more of a WCW guy through the years of the Monday Night Wars for various reasons, just to see two W C W guys on the top at the point was was to me, was pretty cool, especially because I I always liked Benoit, and I become convinced at that point that they were just never actually going to put the title on Benoit. So when Triple H yeah. tapped out, when Triple H tapped out, I did legitimately jump out of my seat cheering, um, because I just couldn't believe that it was ever going to actually going to happen, especially with what had happened between Triple H and Booker T the year before. Mm-hmm. That's why I think I was convinced that it was never going to happen. So, so that w- that was cool. Um, now, of course, you can talk about that moment anymore in a positive manner because of everything with Benoit. Uh, so yeah, you know, that is what it is. But at the moment that was, that was a pretty cool. Moment.
1: I'm glad it, I'm glad that moment's disappeared. So I don't have to talk about it. So, yeah, but no, I agree at the time in which that moment
4: happened, that was really cool because uh, for unless me, it was you about, unless you were there, unless you were there for me, it was more about Eddie Guerrero because Eddie Guerrero if I remember correctly, didn't he win the title also that night? Well, he had he no, he had, he had won, retained. it. Yeah, he,
3: he, he retained it against against
1: uh, Kurt, Ang- Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle. Okay.
4: okay, so you you had him retain it, and then you had Ben Wall win it. Not that I really cared if Ben Wall won or lost, but the fact that you had two WCW guys come in and be the top guys in WWE was a big thing because Vince, as we know, Vince loves the shit on WCW guys for the most part until yeah. they get around it until he gives them enough time to prove themselves, which evidently he finally gave them enough time to prove themselves and put two of the two, two WCW guys on at the top spots, which was kind of interesting.
1: We, we also at that WrestleMania Got another really bad moment. We got one of the worst matches in WWE history that night. So we got Brock versus Goldberg. That was a fucking train wreck. <laughs> oh, yeah,
2: the they
1: you the
3: were headed
1: out. Yes, that <laughs> yeah. match was an absolute pile of shit. You, you, you could almost argue.
3: You could also. You could also almost argue that that being a great moment. And the reason I say that is because that truly was the first time that I could ever really point to a match where I say the audience completely and totally hijacked the match. They like, did. I don't, think that, I don't think it had ever really happened to that extent prior to that match, but it was It was probably because they were in New York, so it's, a more, it's a, definitely a it's more a smart hostile, crowd. Hostile in crowd. Yeah, it's a hostile
1: crowd. Definitely there's a hostile crowd in New York for sure. It's a smarter crowd, and it's a crowd that can turn very
3: hostile. Knew that both, like you said, that both guys were on their way out, and so they were determined. Like, they could have put on a five-star clinic, and I think the audience still would have shit over it because they knew that they well, were both leaving.
1: I don't. I don't think Goldberg was capable of a five star clinic ever.
0: Yeah, that's <laughs> just making it hypothetical.
1: Brock at that time, yes, uh, maybe. Yeah, Brock at that time was definitely capable of five star matches. Uh, Goldberg at no point really was.
4: But yeah, it, the, yeah, I didn't actually, I've never seen that match and I'm probably glad I've never seen that match. <laughs> I mean, I, when uh,
3: I, watched, I, you... I, 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 well, like, like AJ was saying, he was there that night. Um, I was watching that at home on pay-per-view with my dad. Yep. And my dad, I, 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 I filled my, my dad in on all like the backstage goings on and stuff. So I told him that, like you know, supposedly Lesnar's, you know like Rock's gonna quit and he's gonna go try to play in the NFL and Goldberg, I guess, hasn't enjoyed his year, so he's leaving too. So I think he was even turning to me and saying like, I think they're louder than they were for the Rock Hogan match. <laughs> and that may also be because I think Madison Square Garden is a smaller building than Skydome. Yeah. Uh, re- when,
1: I, when, I when I left that night, I'm like, when I walked out of WrestleMania that night, and the, the, that was the first one I'd ever been to, I remember thinking to myself, wow, my favorite part of the night shouldn't have been the first match, and The Rock making fun of Ric Flair should not have been the highlights of my night, and that ended up being the <laughs> highlights of my night. I I will say that the triple threat match was a good match. It, It at least was a good match. And it was Michaels at WrestleMania. That's pretty much all you have to say at that point. When did Michaels have a bad match at WrestleMania? Like, especially after he came back. Never. When... WrestleMania 5?
3: When the Rockers wrestled the Twin Towers. Okay. That's. Literally, the only reason I'm saying that is because one, it was his first WrestleMania match, and two, I honestly I don't, don't remember anything memorable no, about
1: that. I don't. I, I did tack on to that, Pat, after he came back.
3: So. Yes, I know. But I, but I was thinking of that before you said that. I mean, so, we're, we're,
1: you were. you. Uh, How many WrestleManias after Shawn Michaels came back did he not have the best match at said WrestleMania?
4: <laughs> no, he's quite a, well, a lot of good so WrestleMania the, the matches.
3: The best match? Or... So Jeremy, I, I don't know. Do I, I can't, I, I can't with, think of every...
4: With
0: two of the most disinterested guys wanting to be in the ring together or just be in the ring, that is the match. That,
1: it know, is, it is bad. It is bad. It is bad, bad. It is just... Like, I don't know what Meltzer gave it. I don't know if that's a dud, or I don't know if Meltzer, Meltzer gave it negative stars. Should be the
3: Goldberg Lesnar match. Yes. Yeah. Right, let me find that's it,
1: is, it is like, bad, bad.
0: Slow motion. They're walking around. They're like half assing everything. It I was legitimately waiting for one of them to get hurt because it of might, how bad the match was.
1: It, it is probably the worst match I've seen live, other than the Eva Marie match at NXT. So <laughs> it had nothing to do with those two not liking each other. It's just they were. They didn't care at Vince McMahon. And they didn't so care.
0: They, they both were. Like, they were both mad at Vince for their each reasons and all that jazz. And. and
1: that's right. Didn't that was, that was definitely one of the first times where the crowd legitimately hijacked a match. So
3: it's Well,
1: go ahead. No, go ahead.
3: All right. Well, I go was going to say real quick, I, I just remembered another great moment that I forgot to mention, which is in my Mount Rushmore moment. Uh, seen his appearance at the 2008 Royal Rumble, where he <laughs> came in at number 30.
1: You may, have, a... you may have just spoiled somebody else's moment. Thanks, Pat. Oh, shit. I'm
3: sorry. <laughs> All right, right really then I'll move on. On. Right, wait, yeah, on. move on. on. hold on. Yeah, just move on. Hold on. I'll, I'll, I'll rewind it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, you mentioned Melzer's rating for the Brock uh, uh, Goldberg match. Real quickly, I just want to say because that one uh, reliving the war, that one reliving the war podcast, they just got past the uh, Good Friends Better Enemies pay-per-view, which is where mm-hmm. Michaels and Diesel had a pretty good no holds barred match, which was mm-hmm. Diesel's last uh, TV appearance. It was also Razor Ramon's last TV appearance because they were both in Nitro like a month later. There was an intercontinental title match between Ultimate Warrior and Goldust in that pay-per-view, which officially went seven and a half minutes, but it was nothing but stalling and fighting over Goldust's chair, and the former Mantar yep. appearing as Goldust's bodyguard. Meltzer gave that match uh, yeah. negative, yeah, negative that. three and a half stars, <laughs> because it wasn't a match. They like yeah. never I don't think they ever hit each other, but anyway, I just... Negative three and a half stars. I just wanted to throw that (laughs) out there. Okay. Meltzer gave the Goldberg-Lesnar... Meltzer gave the Lesnar-Goldberg match a star and a quarter.
2: Wow.
3: For comparison, for comparison, the Big Show Cena match for the U.S. title, the Rikishi and Scotty versus the Bashams versus the Accolades versus the world's greatest tag team, And the Undertaker versus Kane matches from that same show also got a star and a quarter rating. Okay,
1: Cena and Big Show was definitely better than a star and a quarter.
3: I would agree, too. Wow. There were two matches that got lower ratings that night. Molly, <laughs> Mo- Molly Holly versus Victoria Hair versus title match for the women's title got one star. Wow. Title. Really? And the, Play- and the Playboy evening gown match of Tori and Sandy okay, well. against Amy. Miss Jackie got a quarter star. A- Any Amy evening gown matches just didn't really even right.
4: right. count as a match.
3: <laughs> right, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I. Even the Undertaker Kane match, which was nothing
1: right. special. It was definitely nothing special.
3: It was better than the goldberg Rock match.
1: Hey, I mean, Joe, there's but it was there's a... Uh,
3: the scene of Big Show, of naturally, quarter? getting the star in a quarter is unbelievable, too.
1: There's a moment, yeah, Joe, hey, that hey. I... There's a moment specifically more for me and you, not the other two. This one would more appeal to me and you. There was a certain Japanese wrestler that debuted in NXT, and his uh, debut in NXT was fantastic. They finally got Okada? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That him, that yeah. that night that night was hype. Like that that crowd was hype as fuck even before he even like came out. Like before his music even hit, they were going ape shit that night. And then to have a five star match with Sami Zayn in your debut, that that was that was good shit that night with Nakamura. So mm-hmm. like that's the most excited I think I've been in a while about somebody's debut that they hyped up. Yeah. So.
4: All right, so now that we've talked about some really bad moments and some really good moments, it's almost time for Mount Rushmore. So stay tuned; we're just about there. But before we go to Mount Rushmore, we have good old Theo with a stumper. Theo, hit us with the stumper question. Well, tonight's
1: stumper question is a true/false. Ooh, how many championships did Michael Jordan win? <laughs> False. True. <laughs> False. <laughs> really? I'm just having fun
0: with you So speaking of that I'm just going to sidetrack real quick Oh no (laughs) I went to the food store today right And I know I don't want to talk about this topic (laughs) I went to the food store And I'm walking down to one aisle And it's the magazines right Well they have a slam magazine And another magazine It has Michael Jordan on it You know it says the greatest of all time and there's another magazine, a basketball magazine, and it has that other bonehead from LA on it. So that magazine was kind of covering half of the
2: slam magazine.
0: I go, Oh hell no. I think the joint, I see that shit. in the south of the controller. Like, That's where that fucking shit belongs, right there. And I was it I Me and
1: me and Joe, we try really hard to avoid oh, it, man. but but Joe and me just stumble on stuff, and Joe did send me something the other day, and he's like, sorry, I stumbled across this, <laughs> so uh, we try really I, I hard it, to stay away.
2: I, 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 I can't like, believe
1: it. how
0: dare they put that fucker's Fucking magazine in front of, of the real goat, and I'm like, no, put that shit to the side. Michael Jordan, right there. That's right. I can't, right. I can't, right I there.
3: can't believe you're calling Magic or Kareem or James Worthy or Kobe <laughs> or Shaq uh, uh, a, a bum like that. I, just no, can't no, believe no. Sa- I can't believe you're saying that about one of those Lakers legends.
0: <laughs> no, no, not that man. not that. I can't Maybe believe you're saying. Oh,
3: I can't. I, no, oh, I can't believe you're saying that about Kawhi. I thought you liked Kawhi. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, let gonna get to my stumper. My, my stumper is a true or false question. So, <clears throat> CM Punk had a song called The Fire Burns. was one of his original songs when he came into WWE.
3: I'm getting my guess ready.
0: <laughs> true or false, that song originally used by Randy wharton true
4: yeah i'm gonna go with true i believe i remember hearing that song dun, 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 dun.
1: do i want to be the outlier or <laughs> well you are well, i, would, I would say
3: I say, I say i would say you 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 should want to get it right so if you think it's true i say you answer true <laughs>
1: alright I'll, I'll agree with them because Pat, Pat was very uh, confident about that answer so I'll say true,
4: ding, 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 ding. Right.
1: true. I like when I go yeah, along
4: with somebody true. that probably knows the answer
2: <laughs> <Yeah>.
4: <laughs>
2: that
0: song was originally used by Randy Orton but not for too long because they didn't think it fit him so they gave him new music and then when CM Punk came along they thought it fit him better and so he decided to be like nope I don't like that I'm using the other song that he used for the remainder of his career.
3: Well, that's that's kind of funny then too, um, because that's something else that I could kind of pick out as like what I thought was a was a was a great moment, which was uh, the punk, uh, Punk's return. Ah, yes. The problem, of course, was that he wasn't away for long enough. But like when, when that other music, when Cult of Personality started playing in the ring after Cena won the title, and everybody's like, you know, what the hell's going on? Everything, and then he just like walked out. Like the ovation was pretty, was pretty strong. So,
4: yeah, that was a cool and, moment.
3: And it was great that the announcers just like cut out, just like like the pictures tell the story for once.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, then it is on to Mount Rushmore. And Mount Rushmore tonight is going to be either our well our favorite moment of all time. Well not of all time, but just one of our favorite moments. Or one of the dumbest things that we've ever seen in wrestling. So we can go either way; it does not matter. Um, I'm going to start it off, and I'm going to thank Dark uh, Pat for slightly <laughs> mentioning
1: my moment a
2: little bit.
1: <laughs> but,
2: I'm sorry, I
1: didn't. I mean, think it, was, it was, it was, uh, it was. This could have been my my moment also for sure. This is a this is a moment for me and Jeremy both.
4: So it's the Royal Rumble. I. I'm terrible with remembering numbers 2008. or dates. Thank you, 2008, even though I know Darth Pat just mentioned it. I wasn't really paying attention. I was trying to pay, trying
3: to act like he didn't
4: <laughs> actually just talk about what I was going to talk about. <laughs>
2: yes, that's, um,
4: uh,
3: that's, a, that's an acceptable, you
4: know. So 2008 Royal Rumble, and Cena had been out with, I think he had a pectoral pair. <laughs> pectoral pair. He had a pectoral pair. <laughs> a yeah, pectoral one, one tear. Of, one of the two. His booby was torn. Yes, I think I, if I remember correctly, it was a pectoral tear. They're like, "Oh, he's going to be out for six months." Blah blah blah. You know all this stuff. And the only thing they ever showed of him was I, I believe they showed his surgery, like after he got out of surgery, in like one training session or some shit like that. So you knew that he was training, but you had no idea when he was actually coming back. They never they did were, stink about. They it. were
1: right. They were. Like the dirt sheets and stuff were saying WrestleMania hypothetically, like after right. WrestleMania, right around WrestleMania after, that's what the dirt sheets were saying at the right. at the time.
4: They so nobody had a clue. Cena didn't say shit about it. WWE didn't say shit about it. And you're watching the you're watching the Royal Rumble, and you're watching, and you're like, da-da-da-da, You're like, oh my god, fucking Triple H is gonna win this shit. Like really, fucking a. Like I can't believe this is gonna happen. And you're like, who the fuck is gonna be number thirty? Because nobody knew. Like. And all of a sudden, they pan MS, over to the...
1: MSG, too. This also took place in the garden.
4: They pan over to the entrance, and you just see this guy with his head down, and then all of a sudden, his fucking music hits. And I lost my fucking shit. Like, I was just like
1: a fucking little well, kid. I was like, oh, my fucking God! I think Jerm- we... I think Jeremy and me and you were like, is this really going to be him, or is it going to be somebody dressed <laughs> up? It wasn't a little person dressed up like him, but <laughs> it could have been... <laughs>
4: But it was like, <laughs> of, like, holy fucking shit. Like he just surprised the hell out of everybody. The, and that's when I thought, oh, my God, Cena uses steroids to get back into shape so he could heal
1: his whole torn
4: muscle. I don't know if he really did, but I was like,
1: <laughs> I don't think uh, at that he point he was. Early. I don't think he was. He he actually admitted that he did steroids when he played football and stuff in high school. Yeah. So I don't know if he really was doing it at that point. I think he may not have been
4: right. And it, I was just saying that, but it, because it was so surprising that he came back like three months earlier earlier than what he was supposed to, but I Super lost. Super Cena. Yeah, but I literally lost my freaking shit. We, we both did. I was jumping up and down. I think <laughs> I slapped AJ a high five or maybe gave him a hug. I don't fucking remember, okay. but I was just like
1: fucking, I lost my Pat, shit. Were you, Pat, were you there that night? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There's, there's, me, and, th- me and Jeremy yeah. were acting like five-year-old kids probably. <laughs> yeah, you definitely were.
3: There's two, there's, two <laughs> things I, there's two things I remember about that. One <laughs> yeah. is that, there were some whispers. They were they were they were very scant, but they were there that Brock could have been returning at that show.
2: Yes. But that was another yeah. time
3: where like some Brock's coming back rumors were, were out there.
1: We had to wait there, four more years for that.
3: Yeah. But there was absolutely nothing <laughs> about Cena coming back that night. Like Everybody still thought he was still going to be out for another three or four months at least.
1: And they definitely snuck him in the building after the pay per view started, I think.
3: Yeah, there was literally not one thing that I can remember having seen on the internet. At all. Any source that said Cena, that even said Cena could come back. Yeah. You know, let alone will come back but it even said that he could come back so it was a complete total utter surprise
1: in the internet um, era that doesn't happen very often
3: right that's what was no. so freaking remarkable about it was that it's like you'll fla- you you'll know at some point everything that's going to happen before it happens to a certain extent like it may not it may not be like... Okay, I know for sure it's happening because X, um, but you might have be like, well, I've got a pretty good idea it's going to happen, that kind of thing. So,
0: yeah, absolutely. And I could say about Kurt Angle too, him showing up in TNA. Really, no one really knew about that either.
4: Yeah, I was pretty surprised.
3: <laughs> no, but I wasn't. I wasn't surprised because I remember no. at the time his his release from WWE was fairly controversial, and he tried to retell the story when he came back to WWE, but. You know, the whole thing was that, Kurt, we want you to go to rehab. Oh, I don't think I need to go to rehab. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, then we got to release you. And because the story was out there that he didn't think he needed to go to rehab, I wasn't honestly too surprised that he went to TNA as quickly as he did. I remember I was, like, kind of sort of writing an article for a website at the time, too. And I, like, wrote my next one then about... It was, like, reviewing, like, the Brian Pillman DVD Mm -hmm. and talking about how he died early and everything. And then I kind of drew the parallel then to Kurt saying... We know that he's messed up because that's why WWE released him. Because why else would you fire Kurt Angle? And now he immediately jumps shit to TNA and he's obviously not gotten help for his situation. So I was trying to draw a cautionary tale. So I was basically saying, hey, if Kurt Angle were to drop dead in the ring this sometime in the next three years, would we, should we be shocked? No. <laughs> but, yeah. Luckily, All that right. didn't happen. No.
4: All right. So, Darth Pat, what is your favorite moment or dumbest moment in wrestling?
3: Well, um, they're these are they're, they're both favorite moments. I'm gonna do like a tie. I'm gonna cheat, and hopefully I'm not stealing. <laughs> and hopefully I'm not stealing somebody else's moment here again. But I don't honestly don't think I,
1: I am. I doubt. I doubt it.
3: <laughs> but these are actually both more recent moments because one be, one. It was because it oh. was something that again I didn't honestly think would ever happen. Even though there were rumors, I still didn't think it would ever actually happen. And the other one because it was really, it was really genuinely the, the last time that I can really felt that like wrestling made me like feel something, in the sense that like you know I, I wanted I desperately wanted something to go this way, and like it was really pissing me off that it wasn't. Um, so that moment was the S movement. The whole thing with Daniel Bryan fighting the Authority, but the moment that I'm talking referring to in particular was the moment where he had like the audience come in and like invade the ring and everything and basically force them to, you know, to give him the WrestleMania match and everything. Mm -hmm. I just thought that was a really cool visual to have like all the fans in the ring there. And yeah, that was the one time where I was like, I'm like, would you please just listen to your fucking audience for once and do the right goddamn thing? Nobody wants Batista to be in this match right now. So. Uh,
1: Nobody I, wanted uh, Batista to be. In the match. Maybe one person. <laughs> maybe one person.
2: <laughs> yeah.
3: But anyway, I,
1: but that, not, I think
3: he. he shouldn't have been in it. Yeah. But so so that but that really made me like feel like you know you were part of the story as an audience member too. At least that's the way I felt.
2: Mm-hmm. That was the other moment.
3: Very well. Yeah, the other moment that I'm referring to then is the moment that while there were rumors about it happening, I never really thought it was going to happen. We already mentioned the match in passing, the Royal Rumble match where Roman Reigns had to defend the title from number one because the 10-second clock clicked down for the first time that night for number three, and this music that nobody had ever heard before started playing
1: mr aj styles
3: and then the screen said i am phenomenal (laughs) and he came walking out and i was legitimately going nuts because while there were rumors it was still one of those i gotta see it to believe it things i mean I i was really just convinced that he was never gonna set foot in a wwe ring at that
2: point
1: i I mean me and joe were probably going nuts that night also so Uh,
3: so yeah so i I thought that was another one you piece of shit (laughs) 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 too bad speak speak first (laughs) or forever hold your peace
2: um
3: Uh, but so that that was that was definitely a mark out moment so just you know seeing him come walking down there was uh you know, it was, was really damn cool. And the, the crowd reaction, too, definitely helped. The fact that as soon as the word phenomenal came up on the screen, that like the crowd lost it because they knew exactly what that meant, even before he came walking out, shows what he carried with him as well. So,
4: yeah. All right. Passing it over to the Theo. What do you got for us, Theo? Worst, uh-huh. not worst, dumbest or favorite? I'm not going to be dumbest. Dumbest <laughs>
0: I could pick the Kiss My Ass Club if I wanted to go that route or some
3: shit. Oh, we didn't didn't actually talk about the Kiss My Ass Club, but oh well. (laughs) Or
1: Or the Dog Kennel from Hell. We (laughs) could lose this.
3: Yeah.
0: I got to pick that one too. Um, uh, I, I was torn between two, and one of them just a favorite moment of a wrestling match that only some of us have really seen. I've seen it when it first happened, but I'm going to go at a New Japan uh, wrestling match because um, it was a, a long story and a rivalry with two people. <laughs> but I'm going to go with John Cena versus CM Punk. And that rivalry they had, and in the hometown of CM Punk, he wins the belt and walks away. I just love this spot. It's just great that his character hops over the wall and kisses Vince McMahon a nice kiss goodbye and walks away with the belt. It's kind of like one of those, like, hey boss, I'm taking all your shit and all your toys. Go fuck off. And the dude just walks out and takes all of his fucking good toys. I don't know. It was a good storyline between those two. Those two had, like, legit chemistry, Mm -hmm. um, which was good. And I mean, we've touched on this before. I think that's one of the matches that helped C- uh, Cena kind of change his ways as far as wrestling in matches because of the Absolutely. type of people, uh, wrestlers that were in the company at the time. Um, two guys who were really great on the mic, um, two guys mm-hmm. really good in the ring. You know, I know people should on Cena for the five moves of Doom, but. If you ever watch his OVW's old, I think it was OVW or old shit and down there and whatnot, the dude could wrestle. He always could. It's just always Vince man taking his superstar and limiting to what he's yeah. allowed put, to do or whatever in the ring.
1: Put him uh, in that cookie cutter model.
0: Yeah, you know. So, um, but you know, overall, that's that, that's one of my favorite moments. It's just it was a cool storyline for me. Um, I I was I never hated Cena. I just got always tired of the Super Cena shit when they did that yeah. for like two years. Um, of course, y'all know, I'm, I'm a huge CM Punk fan. So it was just Chicago, a great and, <laughs> and um, you know, uh, a good part of wrestling. It was, a, it was just good overall for me.
4: All right. So last but not least, AJ, what you got for us?
1: There's lots of things I could have picked, but um, I think I'm going to go... Uh, I'm going to pick the night that they announced the celebrity guest host for WrestleMania when it was the rock, because we had not seen him forever. And I had been waiting and you had been waiting, Jeremy. We had been waiting and waiting and waiting for him to come back. Finally, I've watched that promo so many times. It's ridiculous. So, because they, and it wasn't a like complete surprise. There was definitely rumors then it could be The Rock. But they did lots of things to try to sway you one way or the other. And when, when, like, the lights went out and the electricity came on, when his music hit, that is the biggest pop I have heard in wrestling in the last 10 years or whatever. Like, when his music hit that night, that place... Went absolutely bonkers. <laughs> Even when Austin comes out and stuff, this this overshadows that. Like that place went absolute bonkers when the Rock's music hit that night. And then he came out and cut a 25-minute promo and shit on the Miz and shit on Cena. And we're like, hey, look, the Rock still, the Rock still has the gift of gab, and he can still shit on just about everybody. That made that was. The Fruity Pebbles night. So you can't see me. You can't see me. So I'm I'm you in orange you shirt. Know, Come out in your green shirt. I could have picked when Michaels won, or like the night Brock came back, because the night Brock came back in 2012, the crowd went ape shit that night too. But I'm gonna go Rock being the guest host because then we got promos and we got a couple of matches out of the Rock and the promo work between him and those guys and that couple of years even when the rock and cena or the rock and punk were feuding like there we got mic work there from those guys too so we got mike the rock on the mic which when me and jeremy when the rock comes back that's what we want let's not let's not lie at this point jeremy when the rock comes back (laughs) We don't even care if he wrestles. We just want to see him cut promos. (laughs) I looked for,
4: hey, talk about the rock cutting promos. I looked forward to the movie about Paige when their interaction with the rock happened. I looked forward (laughs) to that moment. I was like, I know this coming. It's coming. When is it coming? I was like, this is fucking awesome.
1: (laughs) Like, I've I've said this on here before. There's not, I'm not ever going to argue with anybody about the rock being this, that in the ring. He is the best guy I have ever seen on the mic. I don't even think it's hands down. Like I don't even think there's anybody else close to him. There's guys like Jericho and Flair who are in his in the same, but I just think The Rock is he's on the top of that mountain, and I don't think anybody we're going to see anybody better than him. So that was what he was really good at, and he obviously used it to transition to Hollywood. So you
4: said that was when he got it now uh, for celebrity guest host of wrestlemania right yeah he was
1: going to be the guest host for wrestlemania okay i thought that's what it was i I mean let's i I said this to a couple of my other friends like in the last week like seriously guys when we saw the rock wrestling when i lived with you guys if i would have told you that he is going to become like the highest paid athlete in hollywood i don't think any of us would have believed that was coming 15 years ago (laughs)
3: No, especially because, okay, if you say 15 years ago, so to me that's 2005. Uh, Let's see, at that point, I think as far as, like, feature movies with him being the star, he had done, like, The Scorpion King.
1: The Rundown.
3: The the, the Rundown, The Walking Tall remake. Okay, so
1: after his first five movies or whatever, even whatever, I think when he was in WWE before he went to Hollywood, I don't think there's any way... I could have fathomed he was going to end up where he did.
3: Well what so. my point was gonna what my point was gonna be is that I was afraid that he was going to be he was already kind of limiting himself to a very specific kind of role mm-hmm. and character and, and initiative so that he might have a decent career, but he would really only ever be to be like be like at best like a B lister in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah he wanna be he want to be yeah, he wouldn't. He wouldn't be a guy who would be in like the, the guaranteed like you know biggest blockbusters and drawing like the highest paychecks and shit like that. So
0: because I, I like his HBO show, I can't remember what it's called right now. Ballers.
3: Uh, yeah.
2: Ballers. <laughs> he's, he's, a, he's,
3: a, he's a sports agent. Yeah, that sounds really good. Yeah. yeah I've, I've, I've never seen, seen it, I've but seen, it seen, looks it, good. I've seen. I've seen it a little bit here and there. He's definitely. He he definitely. Uh, he is playing a different a different role in that than a lot of and, his movie stuff. So that's what's good about it.
1: And and I, I, I'm I okay if he's going to come back in a year or two and we're going to see him fight Roman Reigns and he fights one more match. I'm okay if he fights one more match. I only want one more match. That's it. I don't want anything after that. But if he's going to fight Roman at one of these next two WrestleManias, that's fine. One more match, but no more after that. Yeah. We'll see. I, uh, I
3: I I'm also gonna put that in the I'll believe it when I see it category.
1: Right. The reason being is well, it's not gonna be this year. That supposedly said it could be 38. Now, right. So. Well, the,
3: the the reason I'm saying that though too is um, it's gonna cause problems with his movie roles and stuff because. If, he's if, he gets, gonna go, if he gets hurt, <laughs> right, it's going to cause insurance issues, which is something that is a big thing behind the scenes in Hollywood movies. If he's yeah. scheduled to do a movie around the same time that he would be conceivably wrestling, nobody was going to want to insure whatever movie he's going to do. And that would basically kibosh that entire movie. So he's going to have to clear his schedule for well. That's, a little while a little while on either side of, of a potential match that's,
1: that's why it happen. sounds like it would be 38 it sounds like if he's going to do it he's going right. to it, try it, to
3: they, they definitely wouldn't be able to throw it together for for, for next year he's, year after he's that, not maybe, but
1: he's not doing anything in, in front of nobody either that dude is not doing anything in front of no crowd so. oh yeah yeah
3: <laughs> I mean, we, we've Listen. had the debate back and forth about how much it's, like, you know, kind of hurt McIntyre and the fact that he didn't get to have that big moment in front of the crowd and everything. Yeah, The Rock is somebody who absolutely positively needs the crowd.
0: So the Black Adam movie needs to be made first before he wrestles. <laughs> with I agree. Okay, Joe. Is, right.
3: is, well, is, is that, that on? Is, is that? Rock. That movie needs to be made first. Is, that, is Number one. Is, is that potentially being done next year? I mean, I, I don't really know what his it's schedule potentially is.
0: supposed to be start filming next February, and Mar- February or March. Of
4: uh,
3: 2021.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Oh,
4: okay. Well, we'll see. So just to recap our Mount Rushmore, since we kind of went on a, uh, you know, Sorry. a little Sorry. sidebar. Sorry. Here. <laughs> <laughs> um, to recap our Mount Rushmore, which ended up being all – Favorite moments in wrestling. Good stuff. Uh, we have Cena's return at the Royal Rumble. We have the Yes Movement slash AJ Styles showing up in D- WWE. We have CM Punk walks away with the belt and The Rock announced as a celebrity host of WrestleMania. Those are some pretty historic moments in WWE all around. Pretty, pretty damn good stuff. Um, interesting how we had nothing from WCW. <laughs> I'm sure there's something there, but unfortunately, we didn't have anything to say. But I mean,
2: a, it's sting!
0: I mean, <laughs> the, the biggest thing in WCW is kind of Hogan's heel.
1: Turn. Yeah, Hogan's heel <laughs> turn is probably it. So, but that's I mean, all right.
0: are below it, but not. not I
1: true. mean, they're they're responsible for the worst moment ever, though, so they get that. So, <laughs> yeah.
3: I mean, go, I mean Goldberg, Goldberg winning the title from Hogan in the Georgia Dome was a pretty cool moment. Um, yeah. But well, like a lot of people also said. Uh,
1: no comment I, on that one.
3: Well, for the moment itself, it was it was a lot of people see it as like being like the high watermark of of the promotion, and I think a lot of people have said that <laughs> when it went off the air that night, Bobby Heenan took his headset off and said, "Oh, there's nowhere to go but down from here." <laughs>
1: wow <laughs> when you when you give away a pay-per-view match for free, there is nowhere to go put down from there. So
3: yeah, it was. I think it was along those lines, and I think it was also he was of the aspect being that there's no way they could top something like that, which they couldn't. So.
4: All right. Well, with all that being said, we really appreciate everybody tuning in, no matter where you're catching this on YouTube, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast information, and take a. We do appreciate you guys tuning in and listening to our entire show and hope you enjoyed every moment as much as – well, I can say at least as much as I did because I laughed my ass off at most of this stuff. Um, So um, with that being said, we want to say good evening, good afternoon, and good morning, and we'll (laughs) see you on the next episode.